Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Huge news for the show. Let's Chat has been picked up by the Misfits Podcast Network. Please go to their site, themisfitsnetwork.com. This is incredible. Thank you to anyone who's downloaded this show, anyone who's come on, anyone who's had any part of this show. Just thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am so lucky. I have the most wonderful, supportive friends and family and wife, um, all who've been on the show. I mean, I've had my parents on the show. It's, I've had my wife on the show. I've had my friends on the show. And now I have like strangers on the show. And uh, so the r- woman who owns this network, Alia Janine, will be on uh, Thursday's episode, and we'll have I'll kind of give you a little more rundown of how it all came to be. This go to the website themisfitsnetwork.com. Uh, check out the other podcasts. I mean, the professional comedians and couple porn stars but it's great it's oh man i'm just so excited well anyway today's guest we have tom mullins of washed up emo um washed up emo is a blog a radio show a podcast tom is also behind the amazing website is this band emo.com so basically if you want to know if a band is emo or not you can type uh, their name in there and if they're not in their system you could tweet or facebook the emo council I have to say it's uh, it's really fun. It's actually very helpful, and there's a lot of like jokes in there. Uh, go on there. Go on isthisbandemo.com and type in the used. I know there's a joke later in there we talk about. Uh, washed up emo across the board is all the same on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr. I first learned about Tom's podcast a long time ago, and I couldn't figure out who I first learned was on the show, but I believe it was Matt Pryor of the Get Up Kids he had on, and I found this podcast called washed up emo so i downloaded it really liked it huge frank turner fan and then all of a sudden i see he had jen atkins from jimmy it's world people from cap and jazz american football chris Conley saves the day i mean the list just goes on and on people from thursday get up kids i mean it's great i mean the most recent episode if you're listening to today he had lars got rich of npr music david anthony of the av club chris crop of dashboard confessional like it's a great podcast. The blog is fucking amazing as well, because he does all sorts of things related to the emo revival, such as an interview with um, a young lady who's on the cover of the Save Today Through Being Cool album, and like, where is she now? Um, Wash Up Emo is becoming just a, it's a fucking great brand. So Tom is also behind uh, Emo Night in New York City. Uh, they have an upcoming one on uh, March 5th. It is New York City's longest-running DJ night with the best emo, punk, and post-hardcore. Jerome's at Riverton. I don't live in New York. It's New York City. It's free. It starts at 8, and I wish I can go to it. On top of all that, on top of all of this, uh, this podcast, uh, Wash Up Emo is going so far and just kicking so much ass and doing great stuff. They are doing a live podcast in New York City for only $5 at 3 p.m. Sunday, March 8th. The, uh, they're doing it in part with the uh, modern. It's uh, the modern vinyl podcast will be doing it and Wash Up Emo, so it's like absolutely worth it. You could spend five dollars a live taping of modern vinyl podcast and Wash Up Emo. They're gonna have guests from uh, Norman Bannon, Brandon of Texas is the reason, uh, Jason something from The Promise Ring and. Steve Padula from Thursday. Like, uh, I actually told them in the episode I was going to be going to this because I thought I could. 
Uh, turns out my friend was having their daughter's first birthday that day, so I'm sad I can't go. And I also have to mention that Bo Pierce is the guest host of this episode. Bo, big thank you for coming on. You've heard Bo on this show before. Uh, maybe you haven't. You can go back and find that episode. We talk extensively about a breakup he went through, and it's a very popular episode for whatever reason. And uh, we have a lot of other great musicians who've been on the show. Most recently, we had Divided Heaven, uh, Sean Carney of the Scandals, Tommy Gunn. I just got to see the Scandals on tour with Gaslight Anthem, and it was awesome. It was a great show. Thank you so much for listening and checking it out. Uh, big thanks to the Misfits Network for having us. Please go check them out. And uh, find us on Facebook.com slash Let's Us Chat and uh, Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. And hit us up on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Let's Us Chat. And as usual, I'm recording this intro way too late at night and talking for way too long. So uh, first a word from our sponsor and enjoy the show. In the future... Humans create AI. Three days later, they have sex with it. Gigahose is a robot sex comedy with what's been called a South Park level of shock value. Creators Adam Lash and Kevin Gilligan take their concept in smart, surprising directions. It's been described as pure genius with a real clerks-like charm. Catch season one now at youtube.com slash gigahose. I know, right? Let's talk about real yeah. stuff. Well, your job sounds a little more interesting, Tom. Um, <laughs> I know you work for a label. You don't have to say which one. And if- oh, no, it's fine. Was- it's fine. It. But no, I work for a major label, Sony Music, and I work in the catalog department. So it's very interesting how similar it is to what I do after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on nostalgia. It's a lot of uh, artists that people love and respect. And so it's a, big res- it's a big responsibility to work with these artists and make sure that either their estates or their managers are happy with how you're portraying these artists. Um, some of them have been you know, recording for 40, 50 years. Uh, so that's, I do digital marketing. So I come up with crazy ideas and, and execute them, uh, on, in the digital space for them. So it's actually really fun. Um, one of the, you know, I've worked at indie labels, I've worked at marketing companies, small, big, and, uh, they're all great in their certain ways. Um, you know, Equal Vision was awesome because so it was were for Equal six Vision? people. That was like my first question. I was like, did you do any of the cool indie ones, like Vagrant or whatever? But Equal- yes, I worked at Vagrant. I worked at Equal Vision. Um, and I was I was at TVT Records first. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that label. And I worked – it's now owned by a rights management company called The Orchard. And they uh, – um, uh, anyway, they we had records like Little John was first out on TVT Records. Um uh, who else was Nine Inch Nails was first signed at TVT Records. So those were some really fun. And what's great about the label is that it was an indie, so it wasn't associated with any major, but it acted like a major. It, we had a radio staff. We had 100 people working there. And this was me, 21, green, fresh off the boat. And I'm able to kind of learn. I'm able to learn all these different things as I was doing. I was doing radio at the time. So I got it. I mean, my third day, I was – I think I – graduated i had another job before that but i really quickly and then i moved there i got my 
corporate card within like two minutes of me starting there. And they're like, yeah, so you use this for cabs and drinks and, 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 and competitive product. And I was like, Oh my God, this is great. And so I was sort of at the tail end of the music industry boom because Napster and all those things. And so my, my entire career has been like, well, what the fuck are we doing? Um, and, uh, so anyway, it's been really fun. I've lasted what 15 years. I've worked at, like I said, equal vision. I worked like Circus Survive, Fall Troy, uh, Armor for Sleep, uh, Armor for Sleep. Oh my God. So you're there that era of, I was there from 2004 to 2007, and then I was at Vagrant for a year. Um, is there a dog or a parakeet or something? Is that, is that your dog? Bro? Yeah, that's that's my dog. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm glad we all. I was did. like, either either someone's like swinging and their like tail keeps getting hit, or it's just really excited to. be I wish you had your video up. on because his dog's really cute. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> awfully cute. Um, good thing you guys can mute like me when I'm not talking. Um, at post. No, Post probably the, not. Yeah, gonna. So. I want the dog. No, in. just leave that. No, in. I think we're gonna leave that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah we're gonna leave the dog in. <laughs> but so we. Uh, it's a lot more interesting than anything I'm saying. No, so vagrant. Are you there for those? Because there was a time I was obsessed with those vagrant. Another year on the street mix CDs they would put out. I was not. I was there. I was there. That was after. Um, but I, you know, the, vagrant was such an interesting. Did they go label. under? No, they did not. Oh, good. They. Uh, I am not going to get this right, but I know that they're now part of bmg uh i'm not sure what the partnership is i believe that a lot of their staff a lot of them i still know work now uh there's a partnership with them um but there's they're they were still rocking and rolling um same with equal vision i can't ever spit that word out um they're uh they're uh they're still rolling up upstate so uh yeah working working the indie hardcore scene was amazing because that's what I loved first. I grew up on hardcore. I grew up in Vermont. Um, no way. So I what never part? saw. I grew up in Jericho, right side out of right outside of Burlington. So I yeah, would I went f- to school up in uh, at Green Mountain College in Pulteney, but like our yes. south of Burlington. There you go. Yeah. So uh, that was my childhood. There, there's no. There was no. You make so much more up, sense now. Yeah. There's nothing. I grew up, up on hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, and so what? What came up there? Hardcore bands. Yeah, upstate New um, York, fucking Plattsburgh, and then like Syracuse, Bo, which used to live in Syracuse, like straight edge hardcore bands from Syracuse, right? I was I was straight edge. I still am. Oh, like congrats. that was just so it's like, you know, it was seeing Sick of It All. It was seeing, you know, a hardcore band from Boston. But that's what I sort of that's when I think independent music for me was like, wow, these bands are coming to me. I'm, I didn't know what an arena band was. I didn't know what a thousand seat venue was i only knew about punk rock shows and that's what i was into and it was uh i think that's how i i kind of turned into yeah. independent music Man, what what venue was in vermont I can't... 242 maine yeah okay i think that's the one yeah and then There's... burlington's a great city i don't think people know that it it was i mean it's small and of course you can see it in about five minutes yeah but uh but the it was at least a stop. You know, they had an airport and it brought you other places. Uh, it was the city for those, you know, for those four people that were there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I never skied. I never, you know, didn't, I, I never did any of those things you're supposed to do up there. I was into music and in bands. And so, uh, it, I think it definitely shaped where I went. Did you get a lot of, uh, the Montreal bands coming down? Yes, there were a lot of Montreal kids. Um, I, I would go up there for baseball games. Yeah, uh, Montreal's go, not I'd, terribly I'd, far. 
no, it's two hours. So I would go see Met, Mets games up there. It was, yeah, I, it was it was fun because you felt you were international too because these kids from Montreal would come down and they were from a big city and they would tell you, oh, well, we saw blah blah blah. We're like, who are they? You know, <laughs> like we're eating poutine and we know French. <laughs> yeah, and we saw bands from the West Coast. Yeah. Oh man. Um, for some reason, I don't know, just from listening to your podcast and like. I just assumed you're from New Jersey, so my Woof. I gotta change that. Sorry. Oh, so, oh, I gotta change yeah. that. What's wrong with Jersey guys? Why, why is everyone? Where do you want Jersey? us to be? A lot. In? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, I don't live there that, anymore for kind of a reason. I think. <laughs> I think. I, I think. Re, I think the reason why is is uh, people think. I mean, obviously, I live here now, and I think if you're you know, if, if you liked that kind of music back then, you weren't you weren't in the city. I think you were in Long Island. Or you were in you were in New New Jersey or Connecticut. So that that is totally fine. But I will uh, now. I'm going to uh, say every time on the podcast where I'm from. I'm glad I could help. Out. <laughs> I, I'm actually from Connecticut to be quite. So that's uh, pretty. Per- and Bo's from New Jersey, so that's probably makes sense why we are who we are. <laughs> Jamie Josta in the house. Yeah, that's my, he's from um, the next town over in Wallingford. I'm from Meriden, and we had a pretty good scene by the time I got. Uh, uh, it got a little shitty, I guess you'd call it. When I was in like high school, a little bit post high school, we had a really good like hardcore punk ska scene, and like different bands, like a hardcore band would play with a ska band and all that stuff. And then yeah. hardcore took this like really like bro turn, and that's kind of where I stepped away. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, Boston had the same thing. FSU, York, of course. Yeah, FSU. Jesus. I mean, yeah. But I remember um, like yeah. seeing like Madball like on like a record I love or Madball. like a picture of them and being like, "Oh my god, you're terrible!" Like they were like Hoya Hoya the bass player is a very nice guy, but he looks terrifying. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I've, I've I mean I love Madball. I don't know how many times I've seen them. I can't even count. Um, I don't know what it is. I just love uh, you know I love sing along hardcore. They're all, I remember hearing them for the first time and not knowing what hardcore was, and I thought it was rap. I was like, are they rap? Are they like a type of new hip-hop I've never heard of? Which record? Which record did you like hear? Uh, older one, because he's kind of like, he, the way he like sing talks. Yeah. Like, are you ready? Oh, We're yeah. Hell yeah. You. I was I like, mean, wow, hip-hop's how, really changing. But how do you know when to stage dive? See, he, Madball's great, because you can you can tell when you need to stage dive. This is before um, I knew hardcore, though. So this is, I, oh, okay. Talking, so this like, was totally... I'm okay. like, I was listening to, like, Puff Daddy and the Family, and then, like, someone showed me that CD. I'm like, wow, hip-hop... <laughs> and honestly, I remember the moment thinking it was like, remember how the Beastie Boys used to have instruments? Yes. I was like, oh, wow, this is like a heavier Beastie Boys. And whoever at the local record store, like, almost, like, smacked me in the face, like, you fucking asshole. Get out of here! I was like, okay. You know what? We should tell we should tell Madball the name of their next record. Heavy, heavier than the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, to me, Mad. If you know them, you should tell them that, and then tell them not to beat me up. If I see Hoya, I will mention That's that. So fun. I I was like twelve or thirteen. So let him know that part. Done. <laughs> That's so before funny. he kicks your ass. <laughs> There's so I just remember like being, I was like, oh my god, like those dudes look like fucking like gangsters and <laughs> they look so badass. But I have I've met them because they played with um I don't know if you ever knew Folly at all. Like I'm still good friends with yes. those guys. Um actually they were if no by the t- by the time this go up it won't make sense. But t- today on the twenty fourth, the most recent episode was Jeff and Agima Folly. So 
On, oh, cool. Yeah, um, my, yeah, Bo and I are still, they're really nice people. But they play with them and they played with them a couple times. I think it was like in like Staten Island or something. And I got to like meet them and being like, same thing. I was like, you're terrifying, but I bet you give a good hug. <laughs> exactly. They're all nice guys. Yeah, hardcore. Most, 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 most people. Yeah, most of the bands, I for the most part, I've like always had really good experiences. Uh, with Honor was the band that came out of Connecticut that we just loved more than anything in the world, and then Victory destroyed them like every other band. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that 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 is a recurring theme in that label's world. It's un- unfortunately not even a tale you uh, need had... to get into because everyone's got the same story. Everyone knows. Yeah. Because uh, I actually had John, the singer of Folly, on, and was one of my first like bigger guests. And I remember talk, asking him, I was like, so they ended up on Triple Crown. I was like, and he was like getting courted for labels. That must be cool. He's like, yeah, we talked to Victory, and then we talked to all of our friends, and they said, don't go to Victory. <laughs> and they didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very smart smart thing by them. That's really um, amazing. So you're in like the record industry. like I love yes. that part. Like, I loved – did you ever read the book um, – Rock On by Dan Kennedy. No. It's really great. It's about his one year working for a major label at that time where they all collapse in on themselves. Ah, send me the link after. I'll, I'll, I, I mean, it's, there's so many books about yeah. stuff like that. I, I'd love to check it oh, out. Yeah, he's, he's, and he's really funny, too. He's really great in his writing. Um, it's a little bit older, but it's a really great book. And I just love that. I, like, when most people in the industry left. So like, you're, you're one of the last survivors. Well, the, I think that that is a general conception, and it's it's common. My my parents even think that. You know, when I come home for Christmas, you know, they're like, "Hey, is this the last time you're going to be working there?" It, the the misconception is that yes, there are less people buying music, less there are less people um, streaming, but it's growing. And this isn't corporate me talking. This is actually what I think. Uh, the music industry in general, um, there are niches that people there. There are people that are buying music in these niches, and it's about finding them and finding the fan. And it's harder because everything's so splintered. There isn't the David Letterman evening news radio um, morning show. There is a thousand places that everybody is. So it's finding who, the fan and making sure that they're aware of something. Uh, and that's what I do on my show, on my podcast, or my uh, you know personal stuff with making sure people remember the late '90s. And I'm also doing it at work, making sure someone remembers Johnny Cash um, or a specific release. And uh, what's great is is that while downloads are going down, there are more people listening to music than ever. And it's all about are they doing streaming? Is it the is it going to be um, the YouTube one? Is it going to be Spotify? Is it going to be Beats? Like which which way are we going to go? And that's what's it's really exciting. And I think the big thing about it is that a lot of the fat cats in the corner offices, and I call them dinosaurs, those guys are off on their tech companies in their corner offices, or they're off in movies or other places. They left music because they weren't there for the, they weren't there because they loved it. The people that are still here, the people that I work with, when we start talking about music. It's it's like everybody went to shows, you know, oh, I saw David Bowie back in this day and I did this, this and this. Or I heard someone telling me about, a, you know, a, a couple stories about Dylan last week. Just you hear these stories and or Jeff Buckley. I had a lot of Jeff Buckley stories from some coworkers. You hear these stories and you're like, everybody was you. Everybody got that first record, that first 
that first feeling of this is this is me. This is what I love. And the people that don't work in the music industry, that's who's left. That's so great. That makes me so happy. You know, and vinyl too, because like I live in Providence, which I would love to hear your stories of Providence, as you mentioned. Of, um, oh Lord! But I I live like walking distance of two record stores, like physical vinyl shops, which like that's I think there's that's great five or there's either three or four record stores in Providence right now, and like booming, it's great. Yeah, and. And it's, if you looked at the, uh, did you guys see the graphic of vinyl sales in the seventies versus today? All right. So I can't do it accurately, but you guys can see it. Um, and we can describe it. It's like, it's this, like this, it's huge. And then that's in the seventies, like vinyl sales, you know, I mean, fucking Led Zeppelin jets. And then ready? Here's, here's, here, here's, here's 2015. It's growing. It's growing. And it was in the 90s, it was like non-existent, but it's like that. So everyone's oh like, vinyl, record store day, Jack White saving the earth. No. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did you guys see that movie, that documentary, I Need That Record? No. It's on Netflix. I think it was like a student film out of Connecticut, and then I ended up seeing it on Netflix, because it was just all about how like Noam Chomsky was in it somehow. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> but he's talking more about in the a grander scheme, but this like that culture has gone away. But there's a part of me that thinks like I remember being a kid. I hated going to like local record stores because they're all dicks and judging yeah. you what you buy. So I'm part of like maybe it was customer service. <laughs> I mean, there's a I had I, part to it. I had yeah, I had one good experience. I went to D.C. and I was in college, and I was getting into a lot of the emo hardcore stuff and. I remember going to DC and being like, well, I got to buy Rights of Spring and Embrace and everything from Discord at the record store. So I went to this record store, this local record store in DC and like plopped down Rights of Spring, Embrace. I think I had a Frotus record. I forget what else I put on there. And the kid looked at me and he was like, nice job. Like, I think, you know, it wasn't like, you know, he sees, he saw this like, dumb kid bleached hair big pants you know i did have jinkos and i'm getting i'm buying embrace and rights of spring and he was like okay he's going down the right road we're doing it right well bo you had what vintage vinyl where you were um yeah we had vintage vinyl in jersey um there was actually i always preferred to go to uh curmudgeon records in edison new jersey oh well also which is just scary distance. to think about yeah yeah but uh, it, it was um, walking distance from where I was living at the time. And I, like, uh, I guess I don't remember what year that was, but I, I remember, like, it felt like a milestone in my life that I could walk somewhere and buy Just Brazil's uh, Four Cornered Night on the day it released and, like, have it in my hands and not have to, like, go out of my way to, like, pirate it somehow. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, my favorite place to, to hit. And they always had a great, I love- great local selection, too. That I definitely heard about that store in work in working, and then Vintage Vinyl. I mean, they were loved by the industry. Um, in such amazing store, it was the first time I did buy a crapload of records on my corporate card. Um, <laughs> I had a friend. I had a friend drive me out there, and I was like, "I." They told me to buy records. They just said buy records. So what do I do? <laughs> and they're like, "Just go to this, go to Vintage Vinyl." I was like, "Okay." So I ended up, you know, going there and buying like. I don't know how much, how many thousands, I'm kidding, hundreds of dollars of records. But that store, I mean, they, it was so inviting. And I think, you know, we talked about earlier of, you know, the, you know, was it the store or what, what was it like? That place was just like Amoeba out in California. It's like inviting. They have everything there. There's little notes up for every record or this is what this is. Or if you like this, you'd like this. Yes, of course, there was probably an asshole there once in a while, but 
that was the destination for in-stores, for events. And if vintage vinyl started selling a bunch of your records, you had a feeling something was up. Yeah. And Bo, that asshole might have been our friend Dan. Yeah, no, it absolutely was him. Yeah. We have a friend who worked there, and as you said, that asshole. I'm like, yep, Dan Shields. Uh, he's not guy. a judgment. He's not a judgmental asshole. He's just an asshole. But lovable. There you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Dan actually he would bring me some, even just like some random uh, vinyls that he had duplicates of it from the store. Like I think he brought me like a few Led Zeppelin uh, oh, records nice. and, and stuff like that that I like. He was always so thoughtful that way because I would mention, like, man, I, I can't believe I don't have this. This is my favorite Led Zeppelin record. And, like, he would bring it and uh, oh, that's you know, cool. stuff like that. And, like, even some Pink Floyd, he would toss me every once in a while. I, I remember being in Florida, and this is related. I was at a used record store, and the uh, I worked at the radio station at, at the college that I was in. So I got free records all day. So it was every – like. That's what the, that's the other great, great there's another story part of this but like the I got all these records for free every day and I was I mean that's all I wanted I went to shows and got records so we're at this record store in Florida on spring break and um I look and they had the suicide machines record before us and it was like 99 cents and so not thinking because sometimes I just talk without thinking I said my I yelled to my buddy Mike I was like hey Mike they have the suicide record, suicide machines record before us, and you see the staff like look around like, "Oh shit!" Oh <laughs> my god! What happened was is the local college radio station in Florida went to the store and sold it to the record store. What? And that's why is this uh, definition within, by destruction? Uh, no, no, this is the second record, oh, Battle okay. Hymns. And uh, wow, I didn't. Wow, that was crazy. I had that in there. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that was that's so my favorite weird. too. I was trying to impress you guys, and you beat me. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Uh, I love that band. Me so, too. but like I, but like you know the the you you uh, that's what happened. Everybody, including industry people, would just get their free CDs, go down to the record store, sell them all. They'd be used, and that's where I mean you saw the whole punch, or you'd see the property of you know Columbia Records, um, and I always laughed. Um, you know, I always remember that day when I yelled it out loud in the record store, and the staff is like, "Oh Jesus!" <laughs> and it was ninety nine cents. Like, come on, not even seven ninety nine. It, it's not even out yet, and you're already discounting it. How Dude. many how many battle hymns did you get to get to ninety nine cents? <laughs> so this might be because I'm a little bit younger than you, Tom. I don't know, Bo, if you had this experience, but did you find Suicide Machines because of Tony Hawk One as well? No, actually, I listened to it before, like, not long before it came out, but definitely liked it. Um, I, I can't remember what, what comp they were on, but my buddy, uh, Jason, who who is complete hippie now, like, he's he doesn't even, like, listen to this kind of music, but he turned me on to most of, like, the, the punk and pop punk that I listened to, and I turned him on, because I was listening to Floyd and the Grateful Dead and stuff when we started hanging out, and a lot of Nirvana, too, but, um, whatever, um, and then we kind of traded, um, and he kind of went off on the hippie tangent. I kind of became like Mr. Like emo pop punk, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Um, anyway, um, wait, what was the question? I can't remember. Oh, did, oh, Tony Hawk on One. That's oh yeah, I'm Tony talking. Hawk One. But yeah, so he turned me on to them, and then we got that record, and then um, uh, yeah, then we really fell in love with it, and then we were like really like happy to hear it on something like a video game later on, like whenever that was. That's uh, that, God, I still I, I've learned about so many great bands from the Tony Hawk series. 
was probably. Did you guys? How did you find out about Fall of Troy? Was it through Guitar Hero? No, Equal Equal Vision Comp. It was a comp, okay. Because they used to do those cool winter comps. What? It was a touring band. Folly tour with Paulson, This Providence, and Endicott. I think they were the Equal Vision band. Yeah. And uh, they were giving out, and uh, just hanging out with those dudes, and they gave us this like comp, and they were on it. Cool. Yeah. So, some people, like you, you said, video games. So many people write to them or say, like, oh, I heard them on the Guitar Hero 3, and now, you know, I'm into them. So it's very, uh, the, the, that. But again, that's another little pocket of time where if you got your band on the on a song and everyone played Tony Hawk, you had an extra leg up or could, all, all the Guitar Hero series, which are now sitting in everybody's basement and, and trash bins. In this closet um, right behind me. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't get rid of mine because um, I have a special – I mean, Guitar Hero 3, I did – I was able to get Follow Troy into Guitar Hero 3. Oh, thank you. That um, was you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's it's kind of a crazy story, and I've told this once before. So the what happened was is I knew it was coming out, and I someone's uh, we had the record, and I said, "Holy crap! This this song FCP remix is crazy perfect for Guitar Hero." Let me call Activision. I had a friend there. I was like, "Hey man, I got this song. Hey, uh, what do you think?" And he said, "We're closing up the game tomorrow, dude." If you want to overnight it to me, and this was to L.A., this was a lot of money for an indie label. He's like, "If you want to overnight it to me." I mean, we'll listen to it, but I'm going to tell you probably not. So he, I go, well, fucking A, I'm going to send this in. So I sent a nice note. I explained everything about it, the band, what they were doing, because that also helps. And so I sent it along, and I, and I put in the note, I said, you're going to call me in the morning, and this is going to be in the game, Tom. And he sent it, and that morning Pacific time, it was like 1 o'clock or something, he was like, all right, it's in. And, uh, so that was it. And then they had to do, you know, we had to do some legal mumbo jumbo. Um, but yeah, made in the game is like a, you know, it wasn't in that first section, but it was in the second section, but who gives a shit? Uh, and so it ended up being, you know, the band's number one song, you know, most downloaded, most streamed. And so it's, it's those moments that, you know, it's, it's really fun for a band or, you know, a fan, you know, to think that you've helped them get to that point where so many people can hear them like you guys hearing those comps like those cds were that was that was huge like you went home and you or you threw that in your car on your drive home and you hope to god that one of those songs connected with you and you remembered it i I save every comp i've ever had i still have a drive-through uh rushmore comp they put out oh cool um i have equal vision record labels that don't exist like every cd i've ever had i still save but when you were in the car and you just had it in there, it was spinning and it kind of made, and it's like you would put it on shuffle one day or you'd play one over and over again. And even get, later on, when like the CDs all banged up, you hope that the two songs you really like still work. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what your and, uh, Spotify list has kind of felt like that you made. That that's kind of how this whole episode happened. Essentially, I just tweeted at you because I you made a Spotify list for Washed Up Emo. I put it oh, on yeah. at work and. It, it's as you said that that's what it felt like. I was like, this feels like the mix you just found. Like it was like finding like I don't know like an old like old old baseball glove you haven't put on in ten years. What's really cool about that one is and, and and a lot of the older people give me shit for it and I give myself shit is I put some bands that I don't really like on there, but it makes sense and it fits and. The way when you listen to it, you can see the lineage mm-hmm. between all the bands, and you can tell why they all connect to each other. Well, the, one's heavier, yeah. one's poppier, one's punkier, but it, it, they all 
They're all in the same little bubble. Well, I would imagine the bands you're referring I don't know who you're referring to. Those might be the bands that someone like me likes. And then I find the bands I never heard of a thousand years, like from the 90s that I missed on this plot. Exactly. I, I never heard of um, a lot. I can't remember anything off the top of my head, but there's a lot of bands on your Spotify list I've never heard of. And now I've made new stations. I've been Googling. I'm like, I felt like I was like like 19 again, like learning music. It was so much fun. Like that list is so great. Thank you, and I th- and I've actually learned a lot recently. I, I'm known as a, a hothead, and um, I get really angry and at at things. And I think with uh with that comp and that 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 Spotify playlist, it really kind of showed that it was like my old radio show that I would do in college. It was play two songs they know and then hit them with a song they don't. So you hope that they stuck around. So f- you know that's what I'm hoping that playlist does i mean it's you know it's almost a day long so someone's uh uh it's i've spent i don't know how many i don't don't know when spotify started but i started it as soon as you know we could have access to it and uh in 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 the states and that was that was something that you know that's great to hear and i hope that people continue to do that because it's such a short attention span for music um you you like one song one band you move on you don't you know it's there's just if I was around now, actually, I was just looking at a catalog. I had a paper catalog of records, and that's how you found out about stuff, the little bios and everything. And you had to work and like figure out what was what and what connected. You guys remember a lot of that. Now, you, we could, you and I could sit here for an hour and listen to a thousand bands. Which one did we remember? It's just, I don't, it's, it's, I, I know I sound old being like that, but it just seems really hard to like, for a band even, like a band to have fans. Oh my god, I have no idea how bands do it today. Like I just had um it hasn't aired yet, but I had Sean who plays in the Scandals, um, who I mm-hmm. met through our friend Dan, and they're going out like on tour with Gaslight and like talking to him about that, I was like, You're like being in a band and probably a lot of older dudes would be like, This is the easiest time, you can just put your stuff on YouTube, blah blah blah. I'm like, but like making money as a band, like it's so hard to make that. Like, Everybody's got a role. You've got a somebody's got to check the facebook twitter mm-hmm. instagram like what what's your strategy there are you guys doing x you know what's the merch like it just seems like there's so many more things other than well driving to the show playing selling some t-shirts yeah. moving on it's they're entrepreneur <laughs> you're really like an entrepreneur though because you're like you got to have a day job that lets you have the flexibility to like mm-hmm. like sean said he has like a work from home kind of jobs so he like does work from the road like goes on tour, works. They don't even have a label, but they, they've gotten a lot of great success from he said from like the Red Bull Sound Select, which yep. is so interesting now that like you see like private companies coming in and helping out music more than just like a label, which I think is really interesting. Red Bull's done a lot of really great stuff. Rich people want to be rock stars, so and <laughs> athlete, so you know, true. it's 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 the old it's the old feeling of you know, rich guys want to be cool. Yeah, um, they got all the money, they got the girls, but they're still not cool to their girlfriend. Yep. <laughs> so how do you do that? How do you do that? You associate with music. Yep. So that that's yeah, it's it actually really funny. There's some. Uh, I've been in, in situations or meetings or something, and you can just tell that this person just has so much money and not no no clue what to do so i'm gonna start a label yep <laughs> <laughs> this is what the kids do it's uh, and then my I, I just had lunch with my cousin sarah when she was on tour so she's older than us she's probably like in her early 40s she was in a band called unwound they were like in the slater kenny um are you serious yeah you actually, no one ever knows who they are i know unwound oh really yeah <laughs> that's awesome my cousin, yeah she was um she plays in tell Hunt- sam what's up <laughs> yeah 
They, um, I think some of them, one of the dudes isn't in it, but the rest of them have another band, Survival Kit, and she was opening. They just did a little tour, East Coast. They were just in New York, and she plays in Hungry Ghost now. So we were ah. when they were in uh, Rhode Island, we were having lunch and just talking about like the old days of touring, of like no internet, pay phones, postcards. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy World told me a story where they drive to a town, they found a pay phone, they would call the kid. And it was mostly the parents picked up the phone. Hey, is Jimmy there? It's Jim from Jimmy World talking about the show. And the kid calls up and, oh, go here. And then you meet up and it's like a leap of faith every day. It isn't, you know, you're not checking Facebook. And I mean, I do it all the time. What are the set times? What are the set times? You know, oh, got to find them on. Like, there's no fucking set times. Like, this is, you know, this is like a VFW hall in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so that, that I'm sure that... Uh, I'm sure she remembers oh, those days of the payphone. Telling me stories of like you get to the show and then the, there's like and and the Folly guys said the same thing, and they're actually not that much younger. They're all, they're my age, a little bit older, because they were might be on that cusp pre-internet, like early tours of like showing up to a venue with a note on the door. Sorry, show's canceled. Yeah. and then you're out a shit ton of money. <laughs> you are so out of. You're not you usually just drove. if you're a band of that level. You're not on like a package tour backed by like EMI or something. It's like we're paying. We're like making. E- we're breaking even. Oh, that's awesome. A fucking note on the door. It's like, hey, show's canceled. You're like, uh, what do we do now? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's just incredible. I can't believe you know who they are. That makes me so happy. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I would dive into these catalogs. I would dive into all the labels and look and see how things were connected. And, um, it, it really means a lot to kind of see where something came from. Oh yeah. Um, that's so that that's where I I definitely still have that where I want to know where everything came from and and why. I I always have this thing about myself like I like I still buy DVDs because I want to watch the behind the scenes features more than the actual content. Interesting. Yeah, like I'll buy the Simpsons DVDs because they put in a boatload of behind the scenes everything. So like ah. when I would fall in love with bands. I was like, all right, what bands are you in? I got to re- go on pre Wikipedia. You open the CD case. It's just. What scene are you from? What bands are you listening to? Like, Bo, you know this. I just this obsessive yeah, yeah. personality of like, gotta know everything. It's just it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like it's that's that's even what got me into emo in the first place was that um, like I was so obsessed with Nirvana growing up, and then um, uh, going into these pop punk shows in Jersey, which was like the the shows that I was going to. There was a pretty booming scene at the time, so there was like a lot of like. I mean, like, even, like, Big Wig and stuff like that were playing constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, like, headlining a lot of those pop-punk shows, I remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then I, I got there, and, and then I was like, wait, there's this thing in between this pop-punk scene that I'm in now and this Nirvana that I loved so much growing up. And then that's when I found Jawbreaker um, and uh, other bands like that. And, like, I just became obsessed with, fi- like, connecting the dots between uh, the pop punk I was listening to and Nirvana and other bands before Nirvana and things like that. How long did That's it cool. take you to learn that it all came back from Lifetime? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In, uh, it all comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. Lifetime, like, Bouncing Souls, and then, like, probably a couple others I don't know of anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Big Bang started in New Jersey, if we're going to go down that route. Well, Tom, you're the washed-up emo revivalist. Is that fair? With wait, wait, what started there? The, like emo? Not emo, but like that, like pop punk scene. I always thought it was more like, I guess technically, wouldn't you go, go like DC? I'm gonna say West Coast, West Coast. fellas. I found West because... Coast music a lot later in life, and man, 
I was a whole different. Me thing. too. I mean, I, we're 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 all on the East Coast. I mean, we could have a West Coast listener and shaking their head. Oh yeah, but like, I mean, you forgot Guttermouth, Lagwagon. And, oh no, like pop fat... definitely started in West Coast. I was just making a joke about how like all these oh. like popular stuff comes from Jersey, and I was saying yeah. the Big Bang started in Jersey. Oh, <laughs> but, oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of like pop punk in general, but yeah, I I think New Jersey one hundred percent had this this moment. Um, and there's some docs about it. There's been oh, obviously Bastards tons of the Young it. is incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. So that that is a, a friend of mine that you know, I used to work with at TVT. Oh no way! He that made the movie. He had um, Paulson, which were I don't know them anymore, but friends of ours back in the day. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, those of that I actually we had an emo night in New Jersey, and we played Bastards of Young on the TVs oh. without the sound on, just to like oh, man. set the mood. And um, I listened to the Going Off Track podcast at all. Yes, Jonah yeah, and Stephen are friends. I, li- yeah. I listen to that, and then I'm like, Jonah, that's the dude from Bastards of the Young. Yeah, and what's funny about uh, the uh, the um, when I started is this band emo, and I put a I put a Stephen's Untitled Rock Show joke in there. <laughs> Stephen found it and hit me up, and he's like, because if you type in the used, it says you listen to Stephen's Untitled Rock Show too much, and uh, it's and he <laughs> uh, he wrote. Oh yeah, he was like, "This is hilarious because that time." I mean, again, like we talked about video games, we talked about you know uh, these moments at these record stores. A Stevens Untitled Rock Show was another one yeah. where in that time, and that I was there too. I brought Circus Revive over there. I brought Chiodos. I brought all those. You know that time frame, wow. but that moment that was that was what was going on, yeah. and he was at the middle of it, and so that why you know I think. And back to the, you know his podcast, th- their knowledge of you know that time and that and Jonah has been writing about all these bands forever. Uh, they put a really cool you know take on it, and they're also really funny. Is so it weird that helps? I know I don't know those people at all. Like I know I don't know them. We never met, but I listen to that podcast like so much. I feel like we're talking about people like friends. I'm like, oh yeah, Stephen, really funny, great guy. Loves comic <laughs> books. Oh, Jonah, a little neurotic. <laughs> I but mean, man, but it's a weird one. I mean, you do hear. Yeah, I mean, you do hear them talk about their things and over the number of hours and they uh, respond to me on twitter know. all the time like i've tweeted with jonah's Jonah great all the time like not, not all the time a few a handful of times and he's responded and i was like oh this is weird i don't know you no i i, I don't think it's weird at all I, I think twitter is it's one of my favorite um networks i've 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 met so many people out of it of that I've loved. I've met sports people. I've met people through the industry. I've met connections. I've met work people. All I had a work. I had someone at work that I work with now at Sony. We have been tweeting at each other for seven years. He hit me up one. It was like my second week, and he's like, "Are you? Do you happen to run a blog? Because I think." And it was this guy we've been tweeting at each other for years, and he ended up working at Sony. But so it's like. It's it's such a and we you know I'd never met him before but we would always at reply or make you know comments or jokes and I think that's the same thing with you I think that it isn't a big you know it's you know it's not a big deal to have someone um, write back and you know acknowledge that you said something interesting or you liked it or it's an interesting conversation um, and and to learn something and I think Jonah and Steven are um, like that they're music fans oh and yeah this, at, the, at, at the core they just love music and they might hear this because like I'll, every i if i ever have a musician on i tweet them like hey i just had i just tweeted him i was like do you i just had uh jeff nagim from folly and he's like i don't have my phone in front of me he's like are they the ones who mix different genres he's like yeah i was like yeah they're really great he's like yeah i remember that band and i don't know if someone <laughs> listens to it but i was like that's cool like but it's just it, it I mean, is what, odd too because his sister's like vanessa 
Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is I, I try and forget and try to, or I guess remember, is that we're all, we were all that awkward person at the show. We were oh, all yeah. the person that doesn't know, and you were green and learning. And I think people still have that feeling when we're talking about these bands. And when people come to the DJ night that we do in New York City every month, and people are, you know, I never, I haven't thought about this band in 10 years. Well, that's why we're here. That's why you're remembering before things got a little busy, your work brought you down, and, you know, things weren't as easy as, as before living at your parents' house. It's just a bunch uh, of people awkwardly agreeing with each other. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes. this is great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys have these well, emo nights? Because um, I, I visit Bo in the city of Fairmount, and I feel like we're going to have to come to one of these. I would love it. So there's actually a few now in the city. There's um, a you, you might be interested in a specific like pop punk one. There's one that these uh, guys started at a venue that we used to work at do. Um, they do one every month. We do a sort of a hybrid. We do a pop, uh, post-hardcore emo pop punk kind of night. So we play old and new and then we always love hardcore bands so we do that it's at uh we actually just moved venues where it's our fourth anniversary next month wow. uh we're gonna we're gonna do it at jerome's which is on rivington and uh that's manhattan? where we're gonna manhattan okay. yeah and um that's where uh it's february 5th and we have norman from texas is the reason is gonna dj with us because uh, bo is actually out in astoria just what you guys are probably both in New York at the moment, but it's snowing. Bo, you should, Bo, February fifth, come hang out. No, I Love think I definitely will. That that sounds like a really good time. And actually, if uh, there's a new venue in Astoria, if you guys ever like need a, a different spot, it's called QED. Uh, my girlfriend's bartending there uh, a couple nights a week and stuff. But uh, I, I think they're looking for stuff like that at times. We were joking because uh, I could do it with this other friend of mine, and um, we have a very we have a very like uh, interesting relationship. Like people think we're dating because we're like we've we've been doing this so long that like I know what he's going to say. It's just really funny. So we were joking. We were like, we need to do a New York City world tour. We need to do we've we need to do uh, we need to do we've done Brooklyn. We we might do Brooklyn again, uh, Manhattan, we, and we want to do Staten Island, which I think would be hilarious. We've done we do Jersey City. Uh, we want to hit, you know, somewhere in the Bronx, like in Queens. We were like, that would be so much fun. Astoria is uh, the new uh, Williamsburg. I moved. I moved there 15 years ago. Oh wow! Um, I'm gonna date myself, and I, so I, so yeah, I know everybody's going like, wow, holy shit, he's old. So <laughs> I get, cool. I get, I get there, and. And uh, the second week I'm there, I'm like, man, I found this spot. It's great. I'm close to the subway. This is fantastic. Second week later, Time Out article, Time Out magazine article on Astoria, the new hotbed. My rent goes up. Yep. I got to yep. move. Yep. Like, Are you in Astoria like, still? <laughs> no, I am in uh, Upper East. Oh, yeah, yeah. Upper I, East. My in-laws are from uh, – my, my wife is from – Northeastern New Jersey, so I always go down there to visit them. Oh, cool! Actually, last time I was down, after Christmas, uh, like they're really cool. Like we'll pick out a really that's usually like we pick out like a really interesting food place we want to go to, and then go spend the day in New York. So this time I was like, let's go to Katz's. I want to go to Katz's. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. Oh, that's what. Great. That's what's so great. And, matzo, and egg, um, actually, one of the many reasons. Well, so Bo and I know each other. We were um, used to be camp counselors at a camp for kids with heart conditions. And then in the year, we would just would call each other on the phone, and then we would pick a concert in New York City, and you were living in Jersey at the time, Bo, and we would go there at like 11 o'clock in the morning and just go dick around New York all day and then go to a concert. I love that. And I was in Connecticut, so like, God, we did the Get Up Kids surprise set. No, it was the Get Up Kids. 
brand new open surprise that they did like a pretty yeah. long set uh, as an opener, like a surprise opener. That was kind of cool. What year was that? It was the uh, year that they were doing Bamboozle, the first reunion. Yeah, Maybe after the Ghetto Kids broke ago. up and they did a tour. I want to say that was like 2008. That sounds right. Okay, I, all right. I was in Los Angeles then. I missed then, that because I was like, "Why wasn't I at that?" <laughs> then they—that's when they kind of got back together. We did Curse of a couple times. Uh, I think oh, I forced yeah. your hand into going to the Alkaline Trio one, but Curse of opened up. That was a good tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was an interesting show because it was like there was a good turnout for Cursive, and then there was obviously Alkaline Trios following. Um, so it was definitely a weird mix. Well, Cursive's good about that though. They tore. Did they tour like Mastodon at one point? Yeah, they they did against me cursive and Mastodon, and I think one other band I can't remember what that tour was, but that was yeah. They, and they were it was like a you know they were switching the like the headlining spots and stuff at different nights. I can't remember what the tour was called, but yeah, that was a weird show. I I wish I know this is bad because I'm gonna be the old guy. I wish bands would do that, but if they did that, I probably still wouldn't go. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hey bands, uh, so Chris is going to come, but he might not. So might not. if you want to do that tour, uh, maybe not do it. Might it. Maybe not. not. It. That Slayer Britney Spears thing. Let's let's cancel that. Let's cancel it. Chris can't go. Providence date canceled. Yeah, Providence is iffy. We don't. We get some interesting stuff. I've gone to a, a handful of things. I moved here like four years ago, so I don't have like concert friends. My wife's not into any of the same music, so it's like a rarity. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I actually. I love I, I I love Providence. I have a little love for them, so I'm oh, I'm glad you you're there. You lived here at one point, or you just visited? No, my sister went to college there. Where'd you go? She went to Providence. So did my wife. What year? Well, she's older than me. Okay. She's two years older than mind. me. So she was she there with the Garofalo? <laughs> Wait, hold on. She graduated. Holy shit! Because my wife went to PC, but as her joke she, is, she's like, I went to PC and now I'm an atheist because that's what it did to her. She graduated, I think I'm going to get this right, 98. Yeah, I think that sounds, because Gene and Garofalo openly you know, hits it. I love that you went like, Ooh, you like shuddered when I said 1998. I Guys I didn't see that on the video, but when I said 1998, Chris shuddered uh, at the date. Before I, I have such an emotional face. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the podcast so far, is you shuddering at the date. Well, I'm glad he liked something from it. <laughs> It just weird. I just said it's my favorite part so yeah, far. That's it. The rest of it, he's like, I gotta go. It's weird. You meet people on Twitter like, hey, do you want to talk for an hour? And they're like, okay. Let's see how this goes. That's fine. Um, oh, so, what, so you were in Providence before it was like, now it's like nice. To my understanding, it used to not be. You, yeah. It's, so this is the, I wanted to go see Face to Face open for. I forgot about I that. wanted to see Face Face to face, open for ready for this Weezer and No Doubt, Whoa, and it was at, shit. and it was at whatever amphitheater is in Providence or no, was it in Boston? Did we go to Great Woods? I just call it Great Woods, um, whatever they call it now. What's the shed in Boston or in, in Massachusetts? What's like the amphitheater, the outdoor one? Oh, it's got it's now a corporate name. It's like the yeah, Xfinity TD Bank, yeah, Xfinity. They Dome. say it's Boston, but it's actually like ten minutes from Providence. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it. In, yeah. Um, I don't know some random town. It you know what it doesn't matter. I just went to the Oddball Comedy Fest there. Oh, cool! And I saw Florence. So, the, yeah, I've been there a couple. It's now the so Infinity. 
There we go. The Xfinity Dome Internet they, yeah, uh, they, area. And it looks like every other amphitheater venue. Yes, in the every country. other one. Yeah, you, could, you yeah. could wake up and be in any city. So we, that's where this, 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 this show was. And I only cared about face-to-face. Um, all I wanted to do was hear face-to-face. So I'm like 20-minute set. I'm like, God, why did I pay 30 bucks for this? So I, we had a bunch of people all come down from – I was living in Vermont. And my sister was like, well, I'm – away you can you can um use my apartment and i was like okay this sounds great you know she's away from college we'll you know go use it and uh be fine well that wasn't the case um providence we she lived in not nice area i don't remember the streets i don't remember this was before maps on your phone we were using paper i think i i I think i had a sundial but it was dark (laughs) so we were trying to find out where the hell we were and we get there and the lock's not working. And I have like five or six people with me. So it looks, you know, sketchy. And so lock, we like the lock doesn't work. We're trying to get in. We like have to kind of like find a window. We finally get in and we hear this like bang on the door. And um, I was like, oh, shit. And it was the landlord being like, who the hell are you? What, who are you? And I'm like, um, like. A Vermont kid in a city, like not good, and so I'm like scared out of my mind. And they're like, you know, uh, you're not supposed to be here. But I was like, well, she said we could, and they were just like yelling. And my other friends who are even less, like, uh, you know, even more uh, Vermont, are just scared. We end up driving home. We just leave. <laughs> yeah. It's like two in the morning. We drive five straight hours home, and it's like seven o'clock in the morning. And we're like, so glad we stayed overnight. <laughs> Oh my god! But uh, the amount of girls at the No Doubt show with uh, whatever her little mole, like everybody putting a mole oh, on their face, yeah. uh, that was like that ratio was unbelievable. Is this Tragic um, Kingdom era? What was the second record? Oh, Moon Sky, something stupid, something about Saturn. I think it was that. I one. know we all have access to Google, but I don't think we should look it up. It's not ah, important. No, it's th- why? Why should we? We're 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 talking about something retro. We we should try to yeah, use our brains. Yeah, no, and I I actually really <laughs> like No Doubt at that point in life, and I still like that Treasure Kingdom a lot. That was a great show. Uh, Weezer was awesome. No Doubt was great. I, it was a great show. I just cared about Face to Face at the time yeah. because I was well, in Jenkos, and that's all I cared about. Jenkos with the wide bottoms. Do you remember those? Yeah, the thirty-six inch legs. Guys, if there was Instagram back then and it was st- like if the Library of Congress like wasn't cataloging all our tweets, oh, I would be so screwed back then. Fuck, um, it, the, uh, I, I, I deleted all those. Yeah. Yep. Guys, oh, I had t-shirts. it all, man. I had it. I wore it all. That was my style. I did not have the Marilyn Manson. I didn't either. T- actually, I never did the goth much. I saw that. I saw Marilyn Manson. I loved Ben Helmet and they opened for Marilyn Manson in North Carolina at the school I went to. And. Um, straight out of a movie, we had picketers like banging on our doors not to go into the venue. Wow! It was like people were throwing Bibles at cars. It was it was amazing. Oh, that's incredible! <laughs> and he's such a. Have you ever heard him like in an interview? The most he's so sweet, boring person ever. Oh, my yeah. girlfriend and I made dinner the other night, and then we watched a <laughs> classic movie from the nineteen twenties. <laughs> he's very. He's an intellect. Like he's such a very such a, a very intelligent man, but it just. If you hear, like, the way he talks about his personal life, he's like, oh, you know, I don't watch anything past 1950. I was like, oh, okay. So you're not just watching, like, horror movies all the time. It's like he'll go off on, like, Charlie Chaplin or some shit for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's great. I wasn't, like, oh, God. So, like, what were the, um, 
So you were around for the '90s emo scene in the. Did it come? Did yes. it come to Vermont? Uh, yes, uh, there were. We got a lot of the screamo. We got like uh, there's bands I'm going to mention that no one knows, but so we got a lot of those bands um, that would come up and play. They would be on the hardcore side, so they would be more scream and post hardcore, um, but never big bands. Never. Uh, my first couple days in college, I saw Bad Religion, and it was 2,000 people there, or maybe 1,200, and I thought I was at an arena. I mean, it was blowing <laughs> my mind. Uh, I couldn't handle it. Like I just, it was over overwhelming. But definitely, I think definitely the 90s. It was it was. I mean, you felt organic. You got one seven inch, or uh, you got you know. I mean, the Hatebreed guys they had a label and they released an Eventide seven inch. And that's in a, like yeah. this random, random band. They're great, and it was you could tell bands were trying yeah. that stuff. And the Hatebreed dudes are like we're, are super nice dudes. Yeah, and they were. I mean, if you want a scene band to like carry and put you on the map, you got it. They did yeah. it. I um, and they would even like when they weren't touring, even at their like peak of height of fame. When um, th- one time they did a surprise set in a Wallingford Knights of Columbus saw. Hatebreed played unannounced with Bane, Stretch Armstrong, the International Hope Conspiracy, and someone else. International Noise Conspiracy? No, no, Hope Conspiracy. Oh, just just, just Hope Con, right? Is that what they're called? Hope conspir- the Hope Conspiracy? I might be remembering this all wrong. No, 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 it's fine. No, no, you're right. You're I, right. I think. That sounds right. And then I don't, and like, but Bane. I, remember, I went to go see Bane. I was like, holy shit, I'm seeing Bane in a hall. And then you go outside and stand there, and people be smoking cigarettes, and there's like Jamie Josta, the dude from Bane, and just like, I was like 19, and I would just, I'm kind of. How great was that? How great was that to know that that's the thing that I, I think people that didn't do that, or they're from bigger cities, yeah. or they didn't have that kind of scene, and you're like, well, you just kind of sc- scream at the stage door, and then they run oh, this through the bus. A nice acc- no, no, stage. there is no stage. They, yeah, exactly. They come out, they walk straight off the stage, or the off their their set, put down their guitar, and they walk to the merch booth, and you can go and talk to yeah. them. Yeah. My my excuse was I used to get IDs from all the the bands that was my hey can i get a radio id uh, and so that was my way that i could get them to talk to me because i was helping them and so but the, how great was that oh my i've met jamie Josta so many times and actually even up to like maybe four years ago i'm at a bar in bristol connecticut with a friend a friend of mine was like i don't know if you ever it kind of had a little you know like cage like that like kind of rap indie <laughs> stuff like indie rap there's like cage and like uh yak balls those dudes um, I do not. Cardboard City. I'm not really into it, but it was pretty big in Connecticut. So a friend of a friend of a friend, his friend was Sean, the old guitarist of Hatebreed. I think he had just left Hatebreed, and he's producing Cage. And I fucking stand outside, and it's Sean from Hatebreed, who had just left Hatebreed, and the two tall dudes from Head Automatica, and my friend Selena, and two other people standing in a circle smoking a cigarette in a small town in Connecticut. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and like Daryl fucking Plumbo would be all, I never met him, but I had a thousand friends who had met that guy 155 times. Like, just hanging, just dudes. And I think, but again, a lot of those, and we can, we, I have stories like that, and I think what the bottom line is, those guys... We're in the same shoes as you mm-hmm. at 19 and 18, and someone showed them. Yep. You know, was it Jamie Josta had bands ahead of him telling him? And I love that continuation of that community. And I think it's sometimes removed a little bit with the internet. You know, oh, well, I tweeted at them, or yeah. I got a like from them on Instagram. And I think what's really important is that you go to these shows and you're 
at a show that you're happy about and whatever genre it is or whatever band it is and you go up to see them and that hopefully that person understands that you're taking a leap because you don't want to meet your heroes and you're taking a leap and you're saying, Hey, I'm this person. I like your music. And you hope that they give them a couple minutes of time. Um, we recently had Max from Say Anything DJ with us with Chris Conley after their show. I was going to ask, York I just saw a- that and I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. It was so much fun. And what was great is we were playing music and, you know, kids would come up to the booth and, and just want to like spout everything to Max. And you could tell how patient he was and how he listened and just said thank you and, and mentioned something about them. Hey, I like your shirt or, you know, that's a really cool thing. And you just see them glow. And I'm looking at it from back here mm. because I've done it. But I was sitting right there going up to my favorite bands like just you. And I, I love that community. That's and I just hope that that continues, that it's not this digital feel like – Right now, you and I are seeing each other. We're talking. If we were just tweeting at each other for years, it, it's not the same. Um, and and I, I, I just hope that continues. Well, I think what you're doing with Washed Up Memo is like you can take the digital and then put it into the real world. And I think that's what you're doing. You know? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been so fun to have the – it's been fun to have the DJ nights because we've had so many people come through town that either want us to DJ, just play – It all it is is I have – records from that era and i know what to play based on the audience that's it and that's all people want to hear they want to feel like you're at that you know feeling um and even the new school stuff that are on top shelf or count your lucky stars or run for cover those bands you know i love that stuff too and it's been it's been really rewarding to hear people uh get excited about these bands again and um sometimes i get angry sometimes i get upset about things um but i the bottom line is if someone knows christy front drive and and Jimmy Eat World and a punk a pop punk band and they both like all of them then I feel like the job's been done. Actually, I have a I really hope. such a nice story about Max Bemis. Um, so I worked at this is a different job uh, a couple years ago. I worked with adults with mental illness who like live in the community. And there's a mm-hmm. night I can't say his name. But I worked with this 19 year old kid and um, loves say anything because he had uh, mood disorder and schizophrenia. And Max has schizophrenia. And you know how yes. you can do the, uh, the downright where you could pay an artist to write a song for you? Mm-hmm. So he paid Max Bemis, his favorite musician in the entire world, to write like some songs for him. And then Max called him after he bought the CD. And that's not part of it. That's just him being a nice guy. Just to make sure he liked it. Wow. I swear to and that's like you don't he doesn't have to do that. And my friend and the kid I was working and I actually really admired this young man I worked with, Patrick. Um he was like Saved me. The, he saved the voicemail. And he's like, I had a conversation with my favorite musician about mental about schizophrenia, and now that's going to help me carry on for the rest of my life. And I was like, Wow, that's such. I, and I, you know, I don't know Max at all, and there's no. But like, I can't imagine. I bet he never thought that story would ever can carry out past that phone conversation. I, I you know, I don't know. Sometimes they do. I think Max. I, I think Max and other artists similar to him like just or similar it. to that. Room. He just gets it and knows that, yes, yes, it's annoying. Yes, it's the 20th kid to ask about that one song. But I don't know. You just uh, – I have – I have I, – I just – you're in the public eye. You have put a record out on a, a, a form and it's out there and people are experiencing it. You 
you know, as your responsibility. Um, you can or you can't, but you would hope that they would respond. Um, so that's actually a really great story about Max. It's, it's, it's right. It's, sounds perfect. It's it's not like you're talking about somebody else. Um, and I think people have good days and bad days. Oh, of course, I've had I've I've had a couple of run-ins with some artists um, on bad days, and I've you know been like, okay, well, they just had shit in their cereal this morning, and it's just not it's it's just not working out. Um, yeah. But yeah, the uh, I think you know going back to just the you know the podcast and and the, and the site and everything, it just you can feel a community band together for either a certain idea or they're okay to talk about something, and it's fun to kind of see that progress. Uh, and it's, you know, especially I'm sure the guys you were talking to, there's certain things that they're cool talking about. In ten years, they might be cool about talking about something else. <laughs> absolutely, uh, no, absolutely. So how did like Wash Up Emo come up? Because I found your podcast like a year ago unintentionally. I think I remember how. I think I listened. Matt Pryor has a podcast with the Get Up Kids. Yes. And I feel like I just do this sometimes. If I hear a guest I like, I'll just type their name into iTunes. So it's probably. And then you see the, then you see the suggested. Yeah. And, see, and it'll be like, all right, so this person was on. If I type in, like, it was probably, I don't know, like John Nolan. I think you had, you had John Nolan on from Taking Back Sunday. I did not. not John Nolan. Who am I thinking of? It was someone from your show. I, I I can't remember the exact. Oh, it was was it Chris Caraba maybe? Chris Caraba was recent. Maybe it was Bob Nana. Yeah, could it could be anyone. It was just someone who had been on Matt, a different podcast. I typed in their name and it said "Washed Up Emo." Listened to it, liked it, and I loved your episode where it was like um, unknown. I wish I buried treasure. Was that where you? Pl- That's where I learned about Christy French Drive, like forgotten bands from the '90s I'd never heard of. It was an episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been uh, Ray, the guy that I did that with. We used to do the podcast together, and then he broke off to do his own. Um, and I've kept doing mine. We did an episode together like that. People have been asking us to do another one um, for that. Uh, so I, I would definitely hope to do that again. Yeah, that's where I learned um, about but, Christy Front Drive, that episode. I'd never heard of that band in my entire life until that day. Oh, right. So something similar to that, I will be doing a radio show very soon, weekly. Um, it's going to be online. Uh, we're announcing next week. Um, so I'll be be able to be playing new and old bands and ex- letting people hear about stuff. It'll be on twice a week um on online so you can listen to it um so that'll be another outlet um for washed up emo we'll have a little washed up emo yeah that's radio show uh, that's oh man remember like bo i'm sure you remember too not just headbangers ball but matt pinfield's 120 minutes yeah yeah man i miss those days where you have someone would like you see that with film like someone will come out and they talk about the movie and show it i used to love when i would watch mtv and matt pinfield with this encyclopedic knowledge just talk about a band that used to like what you're gonna do like similar of like here's this band here's why they're important who's are they influenced like here's an mm-hmm. old band here's a new band and then like man that's so cool um i'll definitely add that because i do an intro in the beginning so like i'll put all your plugs in there to oh cool to yeah um it's not it's in, it's announcing next week oh yeah this um, one for and so, so it will yeah so it so yeah the 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 hopefully it'll be up and running uh but yeah that that kind of thing is fun but i started um I think you asked about why I started it. Yeah, the start of the I whole feel thing. like I should do that an hour ago, but that's okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I, it's I'm fine. glad that we've been fine. chatting. In, uh, He's just interviewing himself now. He's like, uh... yeah. Well, I was like, wait a minute. I think I think I'm trying to plug a book here. <laughs> uh, that's why these people show up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, no, I think people. I mean, if you're if it's if it's interesting um the in 2007 I was insanely angry. Um, and uh, I think is that a running just, theme? Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, the uh, and I just was sitting there. And I'm like, okay, no one's talking about 
old school bands. It's it's hot topic. It's neon. There's tank tops everywhere at Warp Tour. I can't take it anymore. Um, and so I just came up with the name, started it on Blogspot, and just started talking about all these older bands and um, making fun of the UK, making fun of you know people. And I saw I slowly stopped that, um, but. Uh, it was all about just being like, hey, no one knew about Elliot. Here's who they were. Here's what label they were on. This is some songs. And it's it slowly kind of turned into where I was like, wait, I should probably talk to these bands as like an oral history. No one's ever talked to them before. Like no one ever talked to these bands audio. Like there was a, maybe a written history in alt press, but there was nothing ever audio. So I was like, well, let me, I got connections with a couple of these people. Maybe I can try and start doing this. And it just kind of snowballed where now I can't keep up. Um, I have people reaching out to me um, in bands and they're like, I want to do it. I'm like, I, I've, I have so little time, but I'm, I try to get them out monthly. Um, and uh, that's, that's kind of how it started. And then the DJ night was similar where we were all kind of talking and I randomly hit a friend up and he was like, actually, now that you mentioned that a friend just owned a bar and, or bought a bar and we should do it there. And so it, same thing. It just kind of came out of, we wanted to do it. Um, so, uh, it's, it's been really, really fun. I'm, I can't believe that I'm still doing it or people know me only for that. I was in a meet, like a Sony meeting at work and I said my name and someone's like, Oh, I listened to your podcast. Wow. And I was like, Oh, and like my coworkers were like, what? You have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like, what are you doing? Uh, it's been cool. I mean, I've been, I've been, uh, a few people that have, uh, randomly I had no idea find out about it or heard it um you know Jim Atkins when I had him on um from Jimmy World he listened to it he's like oh I listened to a bunch of the episodes I'm wow. like uh now I'm a little more self-conscious <laughs> now I need to yeah. maybe I need to not be such a dork um when I'm talking so it's been uh it's been really rewarding and I think with you guys I think it's really fun as you keep doing it, things keep happening. You know, you meet someone or the band you had on tells someone else. It just, it's such a fun medium. And it's really interesting for something that was forgotten for so long. And kind of iTunes just kind of had it. You just, and now it's blown up obviously in the last six months uh, with people talking about podcasts. Oh yeah. It's, this is like the, sadly, that's not the most profitable of things, but it's really fun. (laughs) Oh, I've never made a cent. Yeah. Yeah, No, I don't ever plan on making a penny. No, this isn't about that. Yeah, it's but isn't there like nice people... too about just doing a labor of love? Like this is, it's fucking fun. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, I think anybody out there that you know, if you're in this, for me, it took seven years to kind of get to this point where I'm able to speak about these things or have a have a have a voice and be able to have people come on. I think you can do anything. It could be local bands. It could be. Uh, anything in your community that you're really passionate about, just start doing it and don't stop. Don't like, I never, people, I didn't tell, I mean, I don't think people knew for three years about my site. Um, I just kept doing it. I don't know. I was like, well, this is fun. No one's talking about it. I'm going to keep doing it. I think anybody should do that. And you get, you get, you get a lot out of it. You learn a lot too. Um, God, I sound old, but that, no, it's it, 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 it really is fun. And that's something that, you know, instead of plopping down on the TV and watching seven hours of a show, which is fun and you need to do, take another one, take another night and work on something that you're really into. It's going to make everything that you do overall a lot more enjoyable. But I think you're the one that sent me Washed Up Email a while ago. Um, yeah, I think it was like there was a list of 
I, I can't remember what it was, but I, it, maybe it was just like a list of um, like essential emo songs. Or I can't remember. I no, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, I definitely sent it to you. Um, and I haven't, I hadn't looked at it since. And then uh, you um, Facebook messaged me uh, the link to uh, washed up emo again. You sent it back to me, and I was like, oh wait, yeah, this is awesome. I forgot about this. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it was so exciting when you said you'd come on. I was like, oh, my God, this is kind of weird. I've been listening to this guy's voice and music for the last, like, year on and off. <laughs> now, I, this is – I mean, this is the uh, – I uh, – one thing I do, too, at work is I always – I'm always nice to the interns because the interns will be your boss. And it's not doing it out of a work thing. It's just like, just be nice. Like, yes, you're making them do shitty stuff, but just just be nice. And it just case in point today or y- yesterday, I found out a previous intern – um, is now at this one company that I actually needed to get in touch with about something, and he works there. So now I can call him, and he's we're cool, and we've like just be nice. So that that's uh I think for for you guys too, it's like you reach out. I'm like, of course I'm gonna if I have time, I'm gonna do it. Uh, there's no um, you know, the funny thing is my my girlfriend has no clue about this music and doesn't care, and so Other she thinks mine. It's this little little. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I don't know what you're doing. No she's like, she's like, you're this little little king in a kingdom I've never heard of. That's that that's her line. Yep. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm not I'm not the king, but thank you. But she's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. So just go and do it. So that's also nice, where I can just go and do it. Yeah. And you know, there's no. And that's uh, almost like like Max, <laughs> like you're saying, like Max Bemis and Chris Conley. They must feel that because like you're like a big deal in that room. But the second they walk out of that emo, uh, that emo night DJ thing. They're just a regular dude because most people don't know say anything. Most people don't know saves the day. Yeah, it's a very yeah a very large niche, but like in the greater population of things, no one knows who the hell you are. Yeah, no, it's not it's not a giant band. It's not the you know the guy from Maroon Five walking in DJing with. I us. wouldn't you know, know who he, this... what he looks like though. That's the weird thing. You would know it, Adam Levine. He's beautiful. Oh, he looks great. Does he have tattoos? He's on the Voice. No, uh, I have no idea. I think he's on the Voice. I don't watch the Voice. I don't have cable. I don't have cable either, but... Bet your wife know what, she looks, you what he a, looks like. I feel like I know what he You don't have cable... Like. Don't you have one of those little... Uh, I mean, your awesome TV behind you guys. By, by the way, he has a giant, like, Trinitron, oh, like, 27-inch uh, yeah, um, TV. My brother gave me... This is my bedroom. I have a real TV. Is is this for Nintendo? Is this specifically for PlayStation Nintendo? PlayStation 3. PlayStation 3. Yeah, Understood. My brother, um, that's when he got a new TV, he gave me that one. No, I have Apple TV and my uh, my good TV. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, I love that. Now, now it's like a. I, that's on my good TV. Yeah, yeah. This is. This, I don't even. I don't even have any. That's just for my PlayStation. And then, uh, well, actually, up until recently, it was my Nintendo sixty four. Until I bought the PS three, used off my brother. <laughs> I'm not a big video you, game person. I like them. Oh, okay. It's a big I, well, upgrade. Bat, Batman a lot. Uh, Arkham City. Oh, that's a good and one. And then I did that. And then Grand Theft Auto five. And then South Park. Stick a Did you guys see the video of the old people playing Grand Theft Auto Five? <laughs> that sounds incredible. It's amazing. Uh, it's like nine minutes of them playing Grand Theft Auto uh, Five. <laughs> it is, it's great. So you guys should find that. <laughs> and I feel like I've heard of like, um, have you had Jonah Bear like guest DJ or something? I feel like I've heard him talk about it. Yeah, Jonah's definitely guest DJed. Uh, we've done a couple podcasts together um, that are still in edit form. Um, we have a lot of the same circles of some friends. He, we used to do, we did a DJ night together. His punk night and our emo night, we did like kind of like a battle, uh, which was which which was fun. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, he's definitely um, out and about. And who does your uh, LA always... one? Is that is that, are you ties to the LA? Do you have ties to the LA one? 
I do not. So those guys, I know, and through people, or and um, they're a little more pop punk side. Um, so I'm actually trying to get out there and do a sort of an older school one at some point. Um, I don't know when that's going to be, uh, February, March. I'm not sure. It's hard. I'm out there for work stuff, but it's like, I'm working the whole time. It's hard to kind of set up a night where I'm out till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm trying to think if there's some other ones. I've seen taken Um, back Tuesday. Some bars do. I don't know if that was you or not. Is that is that? I think is, that's. You LA. mean the New York one or L.A.? That one I've seen in L.A. I've not personally been to L.A., but like yes, uh, yes, that is that is the L.A. one. That's been going for like two months. Uh, Jonah um, Ray, guess I listen to the Nerdist podcast, and then Jonah Ray has Jonah Radio, which is really great. And I heard him talking about that because he's like he still knows all his music shit. No, and I think it was yeah, like jo- Tony Thaxton was talking about it. Okay, yeah, Jonah. Um, I added Jonah to. Uh, actually, we were we were in line at South by Southwest, which is what happens when you go to that music festival. You're in lines. We were in line, and he. I didn't realize he was behind me, and we were sort of. It was like we were in line for three hours to see Bill Cosby. Um, this was before all the crazy shit went down. This was last year, and so he complimented me on my pants, which are this certain line of Levi's. So we ended up talking about this one line of Levi's for like I don't know half hour, and then we ended up going to the show, and I had no idea who it was. And then later, someone's like, "You know, you were you were talking to Joan Ray the whole night." I was like, "Oh, like I was completely clueless." Yeah, um, well, I had not no like idea. A name, but he's close to one name. He's yeah, but he uh, but he was super. Super, super nice and such a big music fan. Yeah, he knows um, shit. And knows all that stuff. And uh, uh, hopefully he's going to be on the podcast, actually. I've bugged him a couple times. Oh, nice. um, and it's just been scheduling. So, yeah, he's he's definitely you know someone that, that, that gets it, uh, which you, you kind of can tell pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I found out about Matt Pryor's podcast because of him. He posted it on Instagram. Oh, he's cool. Like, I was a guest on Matt Pryor's podcast. Check it out. And I was like, oh, okay. And I love Jonah Radio. Like, that's such a fun... And he plays, like, small, unknown bands. Like, send us your stuff, we'll play it. And, like, I don't know him personally, but, like, I I feel like when I listen to Nerdist, he's the guy I've always related to the most. Same with me. Yeah, he's definitely... You, you kind of feel like he came from the, the punk rock yeah, show. And, except in Hawaii, uh, and not Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, except in Hawaii. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's... Uh, I added him to Is This Band Emo, and he tweeted it out. Oh, that's and, um, awesome. Um, I added a I I made some joke about him or something. Um and he he got he was like, "No, nah, I I don't I forget even what I said, but he uh yeah, there's some it's just really funny like it goes back to your point of finding people or finding out about things. You you don't realize that certain people are into genres or things or they know about your podcast or they know about mine or they know someone or they hear about it. That's what's been really fun about this time. I think if we were back in the 90s, this would be very hard. Oh god, um, this wouldn't exist. This would have it would have been on a, you know, it would have been, a, been on the bridge nine message yep. board. You know, with, <laughs> oh, I was totally on that message board at one point in life. Of course you were. Course I was, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh God, I got you pegged, Chris. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I wasn't, but I'm not a good writer, so I wasn't that great. I was on, yeah, yeah. But the, but the saying like that would have been that would have been the communication format. Would we, have been. we would be fighting about how. Uh, I don't know something <laughs> stupid. Something stupid. Some band Nothing. that no one outside of the Bridge Nine community has ever heard of, and how they're sellouts because they went on a tour with a band that had slightly more success, and I'd give reasons why or some stupid shit. Your they had was merch. Like punk That's kid so 69. not cool. Yep. 
it, it was like Chris sixty nine or something. <laughs> like something. Stupid. Mine had mine always had X's. My username, my first aim. I don't know. I still use Instant Messenger really? in addition to Google Chat and everything. Yeah, I have all of them. I have instant. I have some people. I've been talking to Instant Messenger for since like ninety six. AIM AIM still exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Huh. I don't use it, but I've, that's I've my second favorite recently. part of the podcast the, so the far. Face. When this is my that was my second favorite when part. I, the first I, I, part huh. was when Chris did shuttered at ninety eight, and then the second part was when I said AIM is still on. Is it still available? So is my old screen name still there? It probably is. Oh god, I have some away messages and some brand new lyrics I need to take down. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out there. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm actually picturing it. I'm picturing you like oh, it, it, it's definitely from like, like at school. It's, like yeah, it's definitely like your favorite weapon era, brand new. Like I'm at a, a girl who wouldn't talk to me in college, so I put like quotes from like um, magazines. <laughs> and then I got a little bit older and did like sick transing Laura area, and then maybe I did a little oh, take yeah. next Sunday stuff. You're so current. Oh, God. What happened? What do people do now? Uh, I wasn't that bad. I never did the like bitch, bitch on Twitter. That's yeah. what they do. I never did like I would slip my throat. What was that stupid uh, taking back Sunday quote? It's like I would slip my throat and with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. There, I used to wow. know people who'd use that as like their way messages, and then their their parents would be like, "Are you suicidal?" <laughs> well, see, that's the th- I mean. You getting back to the washed up emo? That was a huge thing I hated. I did not like that the you know suicide cutting goth was was all of a sudden I'm like wait a minute these bands are making twinkly little riffs and there might be a like a hook now you're telling me that kids think that this is about cutting like no, no. cutting's bad and but again at that point that was that was what they were talking about and that's what happened well I was listening to your episode with um, Sam I am this morning no not I listened to your Sam I am one. Well, I shoveled and I was listening. I actually wanted to ask you. You had an emo panel. I listened to that one as well. But it was talking about like how. Did you like the panel? Yeah, I couldn't believe that you could sustain that, and I like it almost felt academic. There was a funny moment uh, in it. That this is behind the scenes a little bit. So Kevin from Top Shelf had driven like overnight and had slept maybe an hour in a van before showing up and he comes in and he's just like disheveled. He's just like, dude, I hit, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I'm like, get some coffee, sit down. Don't, don't worry about it. I guess he was nervous. And uh, I guess he kept like looking over at my computer cause I had a bunch of notes up or something. And he told me after he said, I was so nervous that this was going to derail. And then I looked at your screen and it had like 20 questions for every guest. And he said, then I just, then I kind of relaxed and realized that Tom has this. Like, it was just funny where he was so nervous and worried that he was going to, you know, I was like, I got this, man. I got this. I'm sober. I'm good. Don't worry about it. Uh, where did you but, do uh, that? It, the, We did it at College Music Journal Conference, which is CMJ, which is a music publication that if you're in college radio, it's very well known. Um, it's how college band i don't know if you know about cmj at all no no oddly enough my so, dad's in college radio i just want to throw that out there which 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 call letters he my dad has a radio show at wesleyan university in connecticut he's like a folk show he does as a community member what do you know the call letters yeah w-e-s-u you don't know the call letters yeah, WESU. W-E-S-U. Right. I had to think okay. for a second. I'm, oh my uh, god, my parents I, listen I, to this, and he's going to kill me for not knowing that. Plug acoustic blender. So, 
So I, uh, I mean, college radio was you know one of one of the starts, and I think you know having having those those stations and and those those communities were huge. Oh yeah. Um, uh, that's just that's kind of how so many people found out about bands. So that's great that your dad's doing that. Eighty-eight one uh, in Connecticut. But I think what was the thing? Oh, emo empire, and I used to listen to it. It was all hardcore bands. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I would have been all, I would have been right there with you. But I you. love emo, but uh, I, I loved it was called the anti emo because it went through remember those years of like the anti emo backlash and I was like, guys, I still like this stuff. <laughs> That's why I love watching up emo. Yeah, yeah, no, like, there was oh, definitely thank God I can reclaim it. Taking it back. <laughs> Taking it back. <laughs> um I forget what the point of me talking about college radio was. I forget. It was a good one too. I'm what sorry to derail you. No, no, it's fine. Oh, it's very important. Oh, you did the panel at CMJ. Yes, thank you. Good lord. So the uh, so the panel um, was College Music Journal Conference, and uh, they they're a, a body that College Radio will submit their charts to, and you know there's new bands, and you sort of can see what College Radio is playing, and sort of see what's bubbling under for indie bands. So they have a conference every year in New York, and they had they wanted to do an emo revival panel, and so they had me guest um, p- moderate. So we had. Guy from um, No um, No Sleep, to- Kevin from Top Shelf, um, and Norm from Texas. The reason did it with us, and it was really fun. And I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was very very worried um, that it was going to derail, but it seemed to uh, we seemed to keep it going. I was impressed you were able to do that. So you must have been a little surprised when you were hit, like, picked for that. Be like, all right, I'm, you're becoming the the go to emo guy in a weird. Actually, way. it was a my. Yeah, it was it, actually I I had asked because my buddy Brian um knows the girl at CMJ, the he works at the syndicate which is a marketing company and he um he was like, "Hey man, there's this panel. I think you should be on it." And he's like, "I don't want to moderate. You should." I was like, "Okay." So it was kind of de facto where I I felt that I was capable to do it and Brian actually helped Brian helped me a bunch with it. Um He's but he's also my my cohort for uh, the DJ night stuff as I've said earlier. So yeah, the whole point, and I think a lot of these things is that each time I would just it's it's fun to talk about what was. So people that are younger can at least see the lineage and the see the the where everything came from. And hopefully, like you did, you took you know Christy Front Drive out, and you're like, fuck, this band's awesome. I'm gonna check them out. Or hey, there's this other band. Um, you know, that I want to hear and you found out about them or you, you know, bought their seven inch that they still had in stock or something. Just as long as that happens, I think, uh, I can go to sleep at night. If it, if no one did that, if it was just, you know, everyone forgot about them, I think I would feel like, uh, I, I didn't do something right. It was just, I just listened to mineral on the going off track podcast and it was just so funny, like 20 years later and they're like, we just can't believe we're doing it again. Like, you know, I interviewed Chris. Yeah, I, I interviewed Chris from Mineral before all this went down. And I asked him point blank, will Mineral ever ever get back? And he said, no, C- Gloria record will go re- record his other band after will reform prior. And what you know, what what happens a year later? Um, there was a chance meeting um, between someone um, asking him to reform for a show. That show never happened. The band ended up st- liking that they were there for that event and decided to keep going. So it is really interesting how if you do ask someone, you know, at the right time and at the right moment, you might get something. Well, Bo, you showed me so many bands. Like I heard about Braid from Bo after, you know, 
they broke up. Like refused all these bands that became bigger after they had ended. What else did you show me? I'm trying to think, Bo. You also really like Look Mexico, right? Uh, well, no, they're they're a new band though. Um, Are they're they kind new? of like I don't even know what what kind of music they're like. Kind of like a more technical pop punk i don't even know what they are but um uh i remember trying to get you into uh far um that's another band that like i forget about and remember all the time and i'm like it's like every five years i remember that they're like an awesome band um and then i you know <laughs> start getting into one line drawing a little bit too again yeah, you know, it's all along the same lines um uh, uh yeah uh rhino maria that's another band i was trying to get you into for a while and i think that the, some of their songs uh stuck with you um and you like Coheed way before I ever liked Coheed. Yeah, well, I mean, like the like the scene I was coming from, like that they were playing. You know, it was that experience of seeing them for like five dollars, and then um, you know going and buying their their demo uh, or like a, you know a tape demo or whatever it was, a vinyl seven inch, and uh, yeah, but like buying it directly from them and uh, them all sweaty and like out of breath, like oh hey yeah here you go buy a t shirt. Um, kind of stuff so yeah but like that was bands like taking back sunday and saves the day and coheed and um midtown you said you you've seen midtown before they got big oh yeah yeah definitely like a bunch um i remember like seeing uh like one of the members of midtown like uh like kind of a heckle like one of the like one of their brother bands um which went on to be uh, crash romeo um, they were like a little pop punk band that was, I don't remember what, uh, what label they were on. Uh, it was horrible, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, Probably drive through or something. Uh, something like that. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was definitely a cool experience is seeing those, those bands and, and also watching them, you know, get some popularity and, and their music videos on MTV. And so going from like, you know, bumping elbows with them at shows and then then seeing them you know have music videos on MTV2 was was definitely a strange strange thing were you around for the Thursday like explosion before cuz at least for my I, Thursday I think that's I don't now how do, do you consider screamo and emo in the same category of things Tom uh yes De- I mean it it obviously depends and there's fine lines but there are definitely bands that were hardcore bands that screamed some sang some did both some were off and on i i think those things i think those i mean they definitely intersect yeah because i think thursday is a band like a lot of people found like me and they were always like listen to these bands that came before us check out the bouncing souls and things like that but then mineral yeah, is jeff rickley was always yeah mineral's a band i've had heard of for so many years like everyone I've ever met, like I remember like finding all the type of music, and then everyone's like, "So many bands you gotta check out that haven't been around forever." It was always like the Smiths and Mineral, and like maybe a couple others. Yeah, and Refused. Yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. That I was. I mean, Refused. Those reunion shows were amazing. Um, one of my biggest moments on the site before a lot of this was I had a tape of one of their last shows that was never seen, um, which I was actually at. Um, I saw one of. The, I was there. I was at their second to last show before they broke up. So that DVD that came out, that was their last show in Virginia. I saw two nights prior and it was at, it, it was crazy. It was 200 people at this school in North Carolina. I almost didn't go. A friend convinced me. I don't know why I was being a bitch and didn't want to go. Maybe my pants were too big. And we went and 
uh, was one of those moments where I was at the station. So I had Victory Records. I had Equal Vision. I had, I'm trying to think who else was telling. Rev, Revelation. I had those label people tell me to tell them goodbye because they knew they weren't going to be seeing them because they were going to go home. And so I knew that they weren't going to be playing anymore. But I didn't understand the impact at the time. I had Shape of Punk to come as as a record. I had the tape um, as well. They had promo tapes with the tour dates on them that never happened. And so that was one of those kind of moments. And then years later, this is, I mean, I mean, this is 2000, 2001, a friend's like, Oh, I have this show of their, one of their last shows in North Carolina. I was like, Oh my God, I'm at that show. Wow. Let me see it. And I ended up ripping the, ripping the VHS tape through a friend because it was expensive at, 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 at the time, putting it up online and people, you know, were like being able to reminisce again on that. And that was a big moment for the site too, because people started finding out that I had all these old tapes and that's something I still do. Braid sends me, Braid sent me a whole catalog of VHS tapes to rip for them. Um, I have people send me tapes all the time. So I, I, I do that. I actually, I'm looking, I'm looking at a stack I have to do, um, recently um for like because that's something too it's like all these tapes were shitty you know vhs cams and they're not online so there's a lot of shows that i've been putting up online that people haven't seen before i am really stoked to see the braid stuff i love braid i love them so much there's a there's a bunch up there's um bob had me do like six or so tapes of just for him i don't know what he's going to do with it but he just was like hey i have this giant box can you just r- rip everything and send it back to me and here's a drive and so i sent you know i said like, yeah yeah no problem um so i don't know what's going to become that stuff but i do have some stuff up on my channel um uh with you with all the braid stuff the the, the other funny video one is and if you guys have two seconds the uh i had a a tape of a friend worked at mtv and she said Hey, I know you love Helmet. I'm going to put everything of Helmet on VHS tapes for you from the archives. So this was 120 minutes performance. This is outtakes. This is interview. So I'm ripping this stuff at home. And I'm at my parents' house. I'm putting some tape in. And I accidentally, like I would time it. I'd be like, okay, well, I know this interview's 40 minutes. I'm going to go upstairs, get some stuff, come back down. I came down too late. It was still recording. I look back on the the, the tape, on uh, the, the digital thing and i was like what's this shit at the end and i look and it's all these interviews from a helmet show in seattle what was that show that was nirvana's homecoming show after nevermind broke what was inter- who was being interviewed fans out in the parking lot like a uh, heavy metal parking lot if you've seen that doc before it was and who got interviewed oh if you haven't seen heavy metal parking lot you guys need to do that it's unbelievable uh so what is it what who who was being interviewed Kurt's relatives, his mom, his oh my cousin. God. And so, so this is on this VHS tape that I had never, I didn't even know was sitting there at the end because helmet opened. I only watched it because it had helmet on it. I didn't know what this was. I did research. I started like asking people. I started do, I uh, reached out to sub pop. I told them what I had. They're like, Oh, this, that is exactly what that is. So I put it up on, um, uh, it was MTV's property. So I put it up on, I did a thing with Noisy and Vice where I wrote a thing and we did a, a whole jokey thing about it. And we, and cause his mom is basically, his mom's talking about Kurt in the, in the interviews. We put it up. It gets picked up like crazy, like pitchfork, stereo gum. Like it just starts going nuts. That was you? I MTV saw this. Sh- that, that, that was my video. Holy shit. I and so, uh, so empty. Oh, wow. So, so empty. 
So MT, but remember, it's on my channel. It's on my YouTube channel. MTV shuts down my channel. It's on a Friday. They shut down my channel. They like, and all these people are like, where's the video? And I'm like, MTV. And so Sub Pop's like yelling at MTV, like, put it back up. Like, and of course, it's not mine. You know, it's not my property. I didn't think anyone was going to care. Uh, I thought it was just going to float under the radar. So MTV shuts it down. I get a call from a lawyer. I'm at work. Like, I'm at, you know, I'm like, you know, the guy's like, hey, man, so we had to shut down your channel. Um, what are we going to do here? And I said, how about this? You guys put my YouTube channel back in good standing. I'll send you a copy of it. You upload it on yours. You put your dumb Pantene ad in front of it, and we'll be fine. And they're like, okay. So we spent all Friday night till like 11 o'clock at night getting them the footage, making sure they uploaded it. Like I, I was on emails with lawyers. And so they, the MTV did. They did put my channel back up in good standing, but they were not happy. I mean, it was wrong for me. I mean, I should have asked them, but I no, just eh. – you did the right so, thing. I, <laughs> So, but, uh, but that's, but again, that's, you know, I love, it's like, uh, you found, I found this little gem at the end of this tape and it ended up being like this pivotal moment for, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, Nirvana being influential. They're the reason I play guitar. They're the reason I'm into punk rock. Um, I saw their, their video and I put the remote down and I told my dad to drive me to a music store to buy me a guitar. Um, that's how impactful that song was to me in 1992. Um, it was, I stopped everything I was doing and I said, that's what I'm doing. I'm being, I'm going to be in music. And so it's just, it was fun to kind of have that full circle moment of, um, MTV yelling at you. Man, that's so awesome. I wish I could trade ages with you. <laughs> I kind of wish I was like there for like just a little bit older to experience Nirvana when they were, um, current. Uh, cause like, I, I really missed the boat. Like that's honestly like my, my musical calling is, is that era of like Nirvana and Jawbreaker um, and sunny day real estate, except I was just on the wrong, mm-hmm. wrong side of the country. I was, uh, the wrong age. I was like, you know, what, 10 years old or something like that when all that was really breaking. Um, yeah, I mean, I missed, I, I, I missed Nirvana. I mean, I never saw them, you know, they were around, but I never, they never would play, uh, you know, uh, Vermont obviously, but the, I had friends that went to the unplugged performance. They told the, you know, oh I had friends that have attended that. And it's just like I was asking them a thousand questions and people had seen them live. And I was like just enamored with what 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 was happening because you can watch the live videos. You can watch the, you know, if it's the uh, Muddy Banks of the Wishka or, you know, watching all this stuff and you're you can experience it. But it's I just I'm just so fascinated about what it must have been like at that moment, because that's that. I mean, that is when, when they broke. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my God. With how many records they sold? Actually, so, so, something funny happened uh, a couple years ago. Someone I was—we were all hanging out, and uh, um, I don't even know how many people it was, but someone put on Nirvana Unplugged, and before even a, anyone said anything, I heard the crowd cheering, and I was like, "Ooh, good choice!" And like, and like, everyone was yeah. like, "Oh my God!" You know, like we all know this album by hearing the crowd cheering in the beginning what like what Kurt Cobain's about to say like he's like good evening this is off our first record we all knew what was coming just by hearing about a girl right? yeah right yeah exactly yeah um, but yeah we like we all had such a good laugh that we we could recognize it within you know it was probably within a second of hearing the first applause um what was about to play Oh god, I love that. I had yeah. someone bootleg that off. Like I had a bootleg copy of that. I bought it at the mall like on a VHS tape. 
I've owned so many copies yeah, I mean, of it. That, I mean, what's that? I've that, owned so many copies of that, of uh, Unplugged, or really all of Nirvana's stuff, because um, between, like, giving it to people or just losing it over the years, now I'm kind of happy everything's digital, but... Oh, no, it's great. Hi, wife! Sorry, my wife just walked in. Am I keeping you guys for anything? Hey, I just realized it almost, that was like an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> no, it's fine. Oh, cool. I, this, it's, it, it's, it's shitty outside. It's fine. Uh, I've swore like 20 times, so when your dad listens to this, tell him that I, I do have a potty mouth. I'm sorry. Uh, it's fine. He, he's heard the show before. He knows what's up. Look, he's listened to the, <laughs> the show before. Uh, so do, do you follow new music at all? Outside of the washed up emo stuff, myself, one hundred percent. What happened was, is in two thousand ten, I was starting to get a little sad because uh, you know it was heyday for um, a lot of things that were just a lot of things I wasn't happy about. Of uh, I get a random email or message through Last FM, and it's this kid in Russia, and he's like, you know, I have a band and we love Mineral. I'm like, what? How do you a find out about Mineral? B how do you find me and you know see you're from russia this is amazing and come to find out there was this little subset of people into american football mineral like for some reason they jumped over that era and went back to the late 90s and then it started happening more and more there were philly scene was huge um uh so many bands from that uh uh time 2010 2011 um from philly we're starting to do kind of the twinkle stuff and american football-ish midwest uh scene and then i i mean i just got so excited and it gave me new life to think that wow people did remember and it really gave the site a new lift and myself uh uh love to think that oh man i think people may be talking about these bands so i love top shelf i love count your lucky stars um all of them um i've i've reached out to most of them um tiny engines is a great one if anyone hasn't followed that label um one of the guys used to be at crank records a long time ago or sorry deep elm sorry he used to be at deep elm deep elm records yeah yeah um and so uh uh and so they you know they put out amazing music and i think there's there's what what I I think I tweeted out like a week or so or something like there's so many new bands that like I wake up and I can listen to a new band and they sound like something I would have listened to back in the day and that's a good thing um and it but it sounds new it's better recorded it's better sounding and I love it so I do if you guys haven't you know don't or any any listeners out there haven't dived into the current independent scene um you can call it emo I'm gonna call it independent rock because these kids are rock like I talked to the guys in Foxing. And I asked them, what's the, what's the record you all can put on the, 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 in, in the van that every, that no one complains? Cause it's a good understanding about what's happening. They said Deftones and Radiohead. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. So I was like, I love you and I love your band because those are two, you get it. You can see the, you know, you can see it. Um, and they didn't say mineral. They didn't say sunny. They said Deftones and Radiohead, but you can see when they listen to them where that came from. Um, and, and I love that about these new bands. They're so, they have so much access to so many bands and, and, and everything. And for the, to see what they come out, it's been great. Do you guys keep up with the the new stuff? Not as much as I want to. I I feel like I went through a phase where I kind of lost my love of music as much as I did. And then the last couple of years, it's really kind of re-sparked. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of the same uh, way. um... Sorry, go ahead. 
No, you go ahead. Oh, no, well, um, yeah, I, I need to keep up with, like, I really need to dive into what you're doing and, and find some of these newer bands because, like, a, a couple of things happened to me recently. Well, actually, this past week, and this is the third thing that has to do with this kind of genre of music, um, and I've, I'm, it's so refreshing. But so, well, one, I met someone that really likes Jawbreaker as much as I do, and um, it was just because my phone case is a Jawbreaker. It's like the Morton Salt logo and that's my um love it um so someone was like oh my god i love your phone case that's so awesome and then we like started talking about you know sunny day and uh and jawbreaker and things like that so that was crazy just to meet i know that there's there's people out there that love uh uh, jawbreaker just brazil as much as i do but i never meet them so that was just a weird chance meeting that i met someone um and then uh uh i think it was last night or the night before uh, my girlfriend was telling me that uh, her sister was being like, oh, Bo listens to, like, emo music. And, like, they were kind of, like, you know, teasing me about it or whatever. And then I got annoyed because they were teasing me. Not because they were teasing me, but because they were like, I also do enjoy Fall Out Boy and Pop Punk. And that's what they were considering emo. So I kind of started getting, like, annoyed with my girlfriend because I'm like, no, it's not emo music and blah, blah, blah. And then today I saw the Is That Band Emo thing and I typed Fall Out Boy in for my girlfriend. She's like, oh, my God, really? Like, it's not an emo <laughs> band. Like, who? <laughs> oh, no. You know uh, that's me, right? Yeah, I know, I know. So I was like, yeah, that's who oh, we're okay. talking oh. to today. And she was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> That'd be so um, funny if you didn't know. <laughs> and, now, and now, so like now I have all this I know, stuff. I actually had so to refreshing. update. I, I had to update the Fall Out Boy one with the new record. I, I, couldn't, I, I, I couldn't handle it. I, I had to. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, it used to, <laughs> I had to. It just like the most, I, I mean, I just, every record of theirs should just say, greatest band in the world um i just it's just a little pretentious to me sometimes american epic american psycho whatever they said like come on guys Wait, are you a follow uh, do you like the new stuff no no, no. Oh, good no. I, I got confused by that i was like wait what greatest band in the world <laughs> no they, they, they should name their record that oh, yeah. like that's what they're saying like yeah. it's you know american this or centuries this or i'm writing for espn for this i get it i get it i, I just it. it's just i'm, I'm gonna go to my grave Take me to the Take grave. This to the <laughs> grave. Oh, I, you know what? You know what? Do it because I can't fucking stand them anymore. I only uh, like up to from under the cork tree, and then I kind of. I stop. can get through the, I'm the first fine half of that album, and then I fall off. I'm like, okay, after yeah. like they're like the fallout. Yeah, yeah, I fall out after that. <laughs> I had a little time where I really dug Gym Class Heroes, but now I'm like, yeah. I actually didn't have a problem I, with Jim Class Heroes. I like that he was kind of a stoner. Did you ever like hear that. that their their song they did where every lyric is an emo band? Or not emo band, but... Wait, what was that one called? I, but like, Oh, I do remember that. Like, I took uh, Shorty for a ride in the Death Cab. And the whole song yes. is just different bands. Boy Meets World. You know what? Fall Out Boy. And it's really good. Can you remind me what that what song is? I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna play that in, in a couple it's, weeks because I forgot. It's about, about a that minute one. and a half long. But I just remember the All opening. Right, line. I'll look I it up. Shorty for a ride in my death cab, and then the rest. It's. I can't remember the name. There's a video for it too. I, I that has been added to the playlist. Oh, that's amazing! It's a great song. Um, I don't yeah. know if I should embarrass Deep. myself a little or how you guys will fall on this statement. I don't. I I went back and I've been listening to some of the old records, and I had put in uh, "From Autumn to Ashes." Too bad you're beautiful again. What was I thinking, man? 
not as good as I remember. Yeah, some records, some no. records don't age. Some records don't age. I was trying to think of the that one did not. I'll, I'll remember. Yeah, I mean, from Onward to Ashes, great little run there. But when you listen to it today, it's just not there. Finch, first Finch album. I don't give a shit anyone says. I still love what it is to burn. That gets requested. So here's what happens at eleven o'clock on emo night. Someone comes up a little tipsy me, and says, I want some brand new. The, yeah, it's like, I want some brand new. And I said, well, we're playing brand new right now. So you can listen to it instead of talking to me. And they're like, I want brand new. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we're doing a double shot. And then, uh, and then someone will come up and be like, <laughs> then someone will come up and be like, I want the used. I was like, all right, we'll play the used. And then someone will come up and say, I want Taking Back Sunday. And then someone will come up and say, I want Save Today. And then someone will come up and say, what? I want Finch. What happens after that? I want brand new. <laughs> so like, there's like six bands. Yeah. That if I don't do it at at eleven o'clock, there's like a revolt at the bar, um, which is fun. A lot of those bands I love. I love Taking Back Sunday. I love um, Brand New, um, Save the Day, obviously. So it is funny. You skipped to, over uh, Finch there. It's just a certain point where I think I did. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, but the best part. The best part is that they they uh, you can tell they've got their like they've a couple beers in and they're just like they, they got enough guff to ask, mm. um, and then that's just it's just over from there. I have so much fun with that night, so I, I love everybody. I love all the requests. Um, there was a joke to see how much they could pay me to play Fallout Boy. Um, how much is it? Uh, it never happened. Never. It never happened. I don't care how much. Not money. even if it's like their uh, <laughs> what cover they do is Love Will Tell or was that Joy Division cover they do. Oh, I have played that. I have played that, but that was like that doesn't really count. Okay. Um, they're honestly, honestly, they're like my foil. It's just a people. It's a, people rib on me about it, so I kind of just play it up. It's a it's a fun thing back and forth to do. It, it's it's I'm sure uh, it's just a fun thing we kind of so do. It's can I really throw a hypothetical spiteful. at you? So it's uh, it's emo night. Two strangers that you yeah. podcasted with walk in with acoustics and start playing Grand Theft Autumn. Are we getting kicked out? <laughs> Grand Theft Autumn. Me and Bo come in and start doing the Fall Out Boy song. Where is your boy tonight? I hope he is. A you know what? Man. If you guys did that, if you guys did that, I would I would let you do it because it proves you guys have huge the, balls. <laughs> it proves you have huge balls, but people would love it. Um, like anytime we play dashboard, you know, kids love it. We usually turn the music down for parts of it to um, everyone like sing loud. And I think what's, Can I guess what's what song cool is are that you doing hands down. <laughs> Sometimes vindicated, vindicated sometimes gets gets the guy. I mean Spider Man. You, yep. you can't you know, go wrong with Spider Man. I, uh, I proposed to my wife with the song "Stolen" playing. Said it. Tom is not reacting. In case you guys are listening, he is now vomiting into a trash can. <laughs> no, what's funny is the next story Scrum, I was going to tell you. <laughs> I love that you have to quali- quantify hey, that. You know what? Like so. Anyway, this, this is, is why. Because I yesterday listening to your two days ago listening to your playlist. What happened? I listened to so much. Further seems forever. First record because of you. We love. I love. Oh, I love. Further Chris seems forever. I love further that seems record. Forever is just like. I was like, fuck, I forgot how much I love these songs. And I'm still okay with proposing to the Dashboard because it's a good song. So that happened at Emo Night. So at the Say Anything Saves a Day show, we were told that, um, oh, no, this is it. So the kid, this kid proposed to his wife at the Say Anything Saves a Day show. And the recent one. But he told us earlier in the day, he's like, I'm really nervous. You know, I don't know if it's going to go well, but I just want to tell you that I met her at emo night 
or our like our second date was at emo night or something. Like we bonded over emo night. And I was like, that is awesome. I have now been a part of someone coming together and making something else. Oh wow. Uh so with so and I think they like I don't know, I think I played like a dashboard song for them when they came through or something. But like that's cool. Like two people met there you know, proposed at the Say Anything Saves the Day show, and now they're, like, going to get married. Like, fuck yeah. Like, music is cool. Oh, my God. One time, <laughs> Bo and I, um, I, I this is, will sad, sound sad and depressing to most people, but we were leaving a funeral in Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know why I find that part so funny. Why is so funny? Chris and Bo were leaving a funeral in Brooklyn one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean's funeral. Could you start it another way? Could you just say you were driving somewhere? No, no we left Sean's funeral. <laughs> Our friend who our, okay, our, Sean's funeral. He was twenty. He died of cancer. Good friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. Way to bring. And we're laughing and about it some... now. And yeah, <laughs> he'd get it. It's cool. You're remembering no, no, the good times. <laughs> You're remembering the it's good a great times. Great funeral. It was a lot of fun. Um, but we were going to get food after with everybody. And I remember you and I, Bo, we held hands and skipped and sang all of hands down for some reason because it was oh, like yeah. the good people we were with. For whatever reason, they all knew. I'm not a huge Dashboard fan, but that's the song that everybody we were with that just happened to know that song. And it was like raining out, and it was like, it was a really emotional oh, day. Oh, that's sweet. It was so fun. Of course. But that, that, again, I mean, we were laughing and stuff, but that's that's great when you're, you find a song or you find a band that helps you experience it. And now you're remembering that good time that by singing with everybody on a day when you were talking about your friends sadly we're saying like this is the best day i'll ever remember we're like no yeah this is not a good day i'll remember (laughs) i don't i think that's great it's just fun i just keep trying to forget about dashboard and chris keeps reminding me about them yeah no no i'm kidding i I still listen to them sometimes (laughs) yeah i do too i uh i helped chris uh learn about the emo revival he didn't know about it and so i uh i after our interview i played him a bunch of bands um and so he was really impressed he had no idea about certain bands in that era so it was it was actually really fun to um get him stoked on bands i had to say like that guy must have eaten a mountain of shit and he comes off as like the sweetest human being in the world he i've i've had friends mutual friends of his prior like the you know not just work related stuff and every time it's just like that's just how he is and yeah. again he's a hardcore kid yeah. he went to hardcore shows he's from connecticut originally he's, yeah he's, and then he you know grew up in florida yeah, yeah. And like a really, you know, I've heard nothing but positive. I've known people have toured with him. I've heard nothing but just like really sweet things about that. Guy. And that, I mean, that guy, you know, Spider Man Two soundtrack and like just nothing. Have you listened to his new stuff? So uh, Twin Forks is incredible. I have. I really, yeah. Like it. I think he's again. He's still making music, and isn't that what you want? And I know I say that a lot to people, yeah. and it's just like I, I want to support you know Jimmy World mm-hmm. anything they do because I want them to come back. I want. Chris, I'm going to go see Twin Forks because I want Chris to come back when maybe he wants to do Dashboard again, Yeah, and I'm going to go see it. I just... I think if, if you know, it's like, oh, that record sucks or that time period sucks, like, go and support them because you liked that one yeah. record. Go, Just go and do it. Hey, I went to the Take <laughs> Back Sunday 10-year reunion tour, and not like I was like, oh, whatever. This should be cool. I really liked that CD 10 years ago. It meant a lot to me. I swear to God, I turned into like... I felt 16 again. Adam Lanzara came into the crowd, mm-hmm. stood three inches away from me, and started doing ga- greatest romances of the 21st century. I swear to God, Hell I jumped yeah. on top of the guy. I'm, he- I'm like 
a lot bigger than he is. Um, I jumped on top of him and sang my fucking heart out. And this is a year ago. I was 29 years old singing with him. And he looking in his, and then everyone jumped on top like a pig pile. And at the end of it, you just see him on the ground laughing his ass off. He's like, oh, this is great. It's like, you did it, man. You yeah. made a career out so, of music. Another, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I went to shows with him back in the day. Really? He was. I went to school in North Carolina, and he was from a nearby town. And he was this little kid, and he would always be at the shows. I would see him at every show. Wow! Um, it would be if it was in Winst, it was in whatever city. We were always at the same shows together, so we had we 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 knew each other because we'd see each other. And uh, um, I remember when he moved up to Long Island, and you know all that stuff. So for him to you know take that leap of leaving North Carolina and you know trying out for that band, and then ended up being the singer and. Oh yeah, because they had um, a different t- singer. Into what he, yeah, they had a different singer. He was the bass player originally. Yeah. Uh, and so for them to kind of have that, um, and he, same thing. Reason he he gets that he was that kid. He was that kid, you know, on the pylon trying to sing with Chuck Reagan, Chuck, you know, at a hot water still show. Still doing it. Or, or you know, yeah, it's still doing it. But you know, Adam was there. Adam was right there singing along to Saves the Day and watching, you know, Chris Conley um, play or watching bands um and sort of learning from them so he 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 had a great upbringing in music yeah uh and it it still shows where i think another one too chad from new found oh, yeah. he's he's uh, he's a hardcore kid shy halud i saw shy halud i'm old i love them he still has that same yeah part of him um and I love that about these guys. I think it's uh, it's it's great to see because you learned something from that. You saw him, and now that's continuing. Yeah. And so it's like I I feel like the 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 stars or the worlds are aligning somehow if if that if if that still happens. It does. Ha- it has to happen, right? I mean, and it's great. And like I love doing the podcast. It's really great. But then like I like I want to get it to a point that it's nice doing something in the digital world that can manifest into the real world. Like most of these times I do these with people mm-hmm. who live closer to me in my house. Like I started, so it's like people coming to my house and now for obvious reasons, Skype because people live far away. And then, you know, maybe one day you do a live one or whatever, but it's just, it's fucking nice. It's just, when you get older too, it's just hard to hang out and just talk with people like you used to. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. It's like you want to, uh, Things change. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Tom, thank uh. you so much for doing this. That was a, a fucking, that was a blast. I, I actually sometimes when I have people on, I write stuff down because I'm afraid I don't know what we're gonna talking about. But like, just from like tweeting with you and listening to your podcast, I'm like, nah, we're just gonna get along. It's fine. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. I, I hope I didn't uh, talk too much. Um, it, I hope I, I didn't I'm, talk too much. No man, I'm. No. I got so stoked I think, uh, listening to you, man. Like, I, I really want to like just go play some guitar now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like inspired. Hell I'm yeah! Go listen to, uh, your playlist and find more bands. And um, is there anything you else we could plug for you? And I'll put it in the beginning as well, because you know, get, get your oh shit yeah, good idea. Um, Where shit. do people find be- you? Be- be- Internet dot com. Well, wha- the washedupemo.com is the uh, location for that. Um, Facebook, everything, uh, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, Washed Up Emo, um, news, reviews, uh, uh, funny quips about things, and then also isthisbandemo.com, a very fun and interesting way to find out if a band is emo. Um, and there's been some funny uh, 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 instances where uh, people have gotten mad, but uh, it, most people are getting most people are getting the joke. It's hilarious. The bands, um, 
so yeah, it's that that's been super fun, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, we will have more stuff. So I have a lot kind of happening, but I don't. It's not confirmed yet. We have a lot of stuff announcing. Next- Oh, the radio show. The radio show is actually going to be announced next week, and I'll have more info to send you about that. Um, and uh, hopefully um, it'll be something that'll be another way to learn about bands. Um, and so for for you guys, too, like you wrote me and said, hey, what band should I listen to? Like, I want to, like, if you have a band that you've heard or if there's something that you're into, like, tell me. Like, if you think I would like something, I'll, and I want you to do the same. Um, and, I, you know, just like, hey, what's what? I want to, hey, I like this band. Is there another one like it? That's all it was in the when you were in the car driving to the show anyway. You were talking about a band, and then it sp- spiraled to another one. So please keep doing that, guys. You guys are doing an awesome thing by just starting a podcast and doing it and talking to your friends, because that's all, that's all you want to do, really. No, March March eighth. We're doing an afternoon. It's one hundred percent confirmed. We're announcing next week. So uh, we're working on the flyer right now. I'm doing it with the podcast Modern Vinyl. I don't know if you guys know that site at all. Uh, Modern vinylcom They just talk about record store day stuff and vinyl reissues and stuff. They're really really cool. We're doing it with them. So it's going to be both of us doing a live podcast. Oh no, Sounds I'm like definitely going to man. go visit the in laws. <laughs> cool i think we'll have to see if we can make that work uh but thank you guys so much awesome thanks guys bye